This is Jonathan Tiersten back with the Skeleton Crew. I'm going to put an end to these assholes once and for all. I'm just trying to trim the fat off the pig we call society. Hey guys, this is Felissa Rose. I'm Angela from Sleepaway Camp, and I'm going to see the Skeleton Crew. I'll be back before dinner. Look at all that young, fresh chicken. Where I come from, we call them baldies. Makes your mouth water, don't it? Hardy, they're too young to even understand what's on your mind. Then, good buddy, there ain't no such thing as being too young. You're just too old. <laughs> See anything you like? Maybe I can help you decide. You sure are a sweet looking little cupcake, Angela. Yeah. I think I got something you're gonna like real good. Hey, what are you doing? Keep your mouth shut, Amy. You didn't see nothing. Got it, nothing. Sure. Whatever you want. Well, get the hell out of here. Hey, what's going on? What was that all about? I guess I scared him. I guess so. Tells me you're not eating. <laughs> Do you want to take a walk in the walk-in and see if we can find something for you? Hello? Hello? Do you talk? <laughs> well, there's a nice perverted guy who works in, in the in the kitchen. He's a cook. His name is Ani. Maybe he can give you some ice cream or something. You're not a fan of his cooking, are you? Hello? Do you talk to anybody? Jesus Christ, I can't work like this. Good night. Did you just say good night? Are you talking to me now? I know what this is. Are you are you still blown away by those two interviews we just did? Yes, I am. Oh my god, that was so much fun. Yeah, this is <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to title it this or what, but this is the Sleepaway Camp Dream Show. How, how should we title it? Sleepaway Camp Dream? Sleepaway Camp Heaven? Paradise, Nirvana, perfection for <laughs> awesomeness. 
Sleepaway Camp Awesomeness. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's 80s. Camp Awesome. <laughs> Camp Awesome <laughs> Whack. <laughs> well, that sounds like a Saturday night. <laughs> oh, that's... Yeah, we should call it Sleepaway Camp Awesome Whack. Instead of Camp Arawak, that would be perfect. Sounds like we're jerking off. Exactly. It's it, this is this show is gonna be like jerking off, and that's why we should call it Awesome Whack. Who would ever name a show that? This skeleton. Yeah. So, what me and Jamie are talking about is it's the summertime. We already did one show. It was uh, Alex Aronson and the stuff, and that was a very controversial show. Um, the 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 review on the stuff got much feedback. It was uh, incredible. Jamie, do you think most people agreed with you or disagreed with you? I think most people agree with me. I what I found I found that I had a lot of support from from my views of the stuff. Yeah, I was actually shocked. It seemed like everybody said the stuff was awesome. And just to uh, reiterate, I did not say that it sucked. I just no. You were actually you were more supportive than anyone else. Yeah. So I will go on the record saying that. <laughs> I didn't think it was amazing or anything like that, and I'm sure you know second view might change that. You know, I, we've talked about that a lot, but uh, I don't know. I didn't hate it, and I appreciate. It. I still remember a lot of the scenes. So the the reason why this is a sleepaway camp dream show, uh, Jamie. You know, usually, you know, last year in 2012 we did the sleepaway camp. Now, last year, two years ago, we did the sleepaway camp retrospective and uh we, that's why we met it's exactly why we met um okay so we we're doing the sleepaway camp retrospective i never heard of jamie or anything like that and i i just wanted to make sure i covered all my bases so i was like second guessing myself so i started looking up other sleepaway camp shows and uh, I was just looking for, like, an in-depth review or something to see if there's anything I missed. And I f- right away found Jamie's, and it turned out she just did hers. Like, I think while we were recording ours, you... Yeah, they were right on top of each other. Yeah, like, you yeah. did part one and two, I think, by the time we were recording one... So, you know, I listened to it, and all I remember that stuck out to me is this girl and how happy she sounded because she was always laughing and having a good time. <laughs> That's how I actually met Jamie. And oddly enough, after I met her that way, it was like God was going to make that happen regardless. If I didn't do the obscure thing of looking up Sleepaway Camp shows, uh, he was sending her on over anyway. Because right around that time, if you recall, Jamie, it might have been at the end of that retrospective, you were fired from yes. from the podcast network you were on. That's correct. Yeah, it was actually in the middle. I think it was in the middle of that retrospective. Yeah. And uh, David found Horophilia. And of course, that's where we already were. I met Jamie once again. I was like, I remember listening to one of your shows and going, what the fuck? Is that that chick? That's impossible. Because I, <laughs> I don't know if I put it together. I didn't exactly remember that you were on Devour. You know, it, it didn't, you know, that name didn't really stick out to me. So just hearing you again, I was like, no way. That's that girl. What the fuck is she doing here? <laughs> and then I, I contacted you, right? I think. Yeah, you did. You did. And you know the date, right? Uh, July 28th. Wow. And here we are, July... When are we releasing this? You said tomorrow, didn't you? July 10th. And here we are. (laughs) (laughs) 
so it's almost a two-year anniversary of when we met. Yeah, just uh, two weeks, exactly two weeks short of two years. Wow, awesome. 50 weeks. Oh, a year and 50 weeks. See how fast my mind works? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so yeah, so what uh, the the point is, this is the Sleepaway Camp show. So we have come full circle, and Jamie wasn't there for that show or those two interviews. We had Jonathan and Felissa, the two stars of Sleepaway Camp Part 1, on those shows. So this time, because Jamie is so in love with that, though, that, that movie in particular, but all three of them, but that movie, we invited them both into the actual dungeon. They are not on a phone. They came into the dungeon, and it was the greatest time. Right, Jamie? Oh, I had a fabulous time, and I was so happy to share my spot with him. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> What'd you share with him? What are you sharing over there? Well, one spot I shared with Jonathan, the other spot I shared with him. Well, she has a penis, too, so it's all good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so now we're going to have th- those two interviews. You are going to love them, guys. Jonathan, Jonathan's interview was like hanging out in a bar with a guy, and Felissa's interview is like... It was like three kindred spirits coming together. There was nothing but love in the air and a connection that was undeniable. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, I'm still giddy. Yeah, you know, uh, wait till you hear the interview. And Jonathan's is like, I'm telling you, it's, it's the two greatest things back to back. This is sleepaway camp heaven. Like, really, it's perfect. Dear Mom and Dad, I've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks, and I'm getting very scared. Welcome to sleepaway camp. Someone is watching you. Hey, Baba, revolve! Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Turn it! Turn the wheel! Oh my god! Sleep away, camp. You won't be coming home. Alright guys, we're back and here he is for the second time on the Skeleton Crew, good friend of the show, Jonathan Tiersten, Ricky from Sleepaway Camp, John from The Perfect House, and many future things and Ten Tears and all that. Jonathan, thanks for coming back. Hey, it's my pleasure, guys. You know, so much is going on with your career right now. You know, last time we talked... We kind of kept it uh, <clears throat> to sleepaway camp because, you know, we were doing the retrospective and uh, you guys were nice enough to join us, you and Felissa. And, uh, you know, now so many things are going on and so many changes. And the last time you were on, the thing you talked about that I was looking forward to the most was the perfect house because at that yes. time I haven't seen it. And then you told me I could rent it on the Facebook and I did that and I liked it. So I went and bought it and I loved it. I watched it again today, man. You are awesome. <laughs> Knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So what news is going on with that movie? Because I know I bought it, but then all of a sudden it's just not available anymore. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they signed a, uh, you know, legit distribution deal. Uh, first, uh, it was released in Europe, where it's actually done very, very well. 
Um, and it's funny because the, the German uh, release has me holding a chainsaw. <laughs> and there's there's no chainsaw in that no, movie. No, and no. Not, not, not with my killer and not with uh, anybody else's. And I could just see them sitting in a room going, Und give him a chainsaw. <laughs> How did they do it? They photoshopped that into your hand? They photoshopped a chainsaw right into my hand. It's absolutely awesome. You guys, I'll have to send you the, it's the photos on my Facebook page somewhere. And I was... And, uh, and it was funny because when I talked to the director, he he said that was he thought Germany was going to be a problem where they would ban the movie, and I was like, no, they they kicked it up a notch. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they put stuff like, in that wasn't even there. Yeah, they were like they were like forget the weed whacker chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't brutal enough, no. really. And they changed the name too. It's called uh, in Europe. It's called a Devil's Inside. Really? Um, yeah, it's got the Devil's Inside uh, terror like you've never imagined. <laughs> and. Uh, and I was like, "Cool, devils inside," and that's rocking. Plus, I'm on the cover, which you know, for fed my ego. Um, well, you should but, be, though, man. You you really did fucking knock that role out of the park, and that was pretty much your your uh, intro back into acting, correct? Like you haven't you hadn't done anything for a while. Yeah, don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it was pretty great to have such a juicy role to come back to because. Usually you don't get something like that on your first shot back, and uh, you were, an, yeah. Well, it's an intense role. You know, my friend Angel Nigam, who does uh, the Kimmel Show, he does the Indian Colin segment. Okay. Uh, they were, you know, uh, the Perfect House was so low budget that they couldn't afford to fly me out to Los Angeles for the for the premiere. So Angel went in my stead, and uh, he's doing a movie right now called Good Old Boy that he stars in, and he's got a bunch of uh, wonderful projects coming out, but. Uh, and and he called me right afterwards, and he says, "So, Tiersten, apparently no ring rust." Yeah, right. <laughs> and that was the best compliment I could have ever, ever, ever gotten. Absolutely, he's, he's a phenomenal actor, and uh, you know. And I went to Circle in the Square Theater School with Angel, and we were such close friends, and still are. And so that was really nice. And, uh, and then I won three Best Actor awards for it, so it was uh, all in all not too bad. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, I got to say I was a little, a little, I'm full of it. I was totally terrified um, to play this role. Uh, and without Felissa's urging of the director, I never would have gotten the opportunity. So, Wow. I'm surprised they thought that you would even, because you, you look like such a nice guy. And and you are such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> Like to think you could even go there is crazy. Well, that's what the director said. He said, I see pictures of him with his kid. He looks so, and his music's all sensitive. Right. He's got this pretty voice and blah, blah, blah. And Felissa looked at him and said, try dating him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sometimes she said, you don't nice- think he can be menacing? Try dating him. So. <laughs> sometimes um, the nicest guys make the best weirdos. Well, I think, you know, movies, being you know. nice is a choice like anything else, right? So that's, you know, for me, we all have that dark, dark place inside of us. Some of us find it a little easier than others to tap into it. Now, and, will you be tapping into it again anytime oh, soon? Yeah. Prequel? <clears throat> prequel, prequel. I got another movie coming out called Redemption. I play a child predator in that one. That's with uh, George Loros from The Sopranos and... uh then I get to play a nice guy in the movie The Undead, which is good. Aww, that's, man. That's, yeah, my mom cried. She cried <laughs> out. It'll probably all fall apart just because of that. But um, <laughs> Redemption's about a, uh, a guy who's down and out, uh, 
you know, getting divorced, reformed alcoholic. He's got a teenage daughter who's uh, really struggling, you know, uh, becoming very rebellious. And and there's suddenly a string of um, murders of young prostitutes. And he becomes this sort of uh, white knight for them as a vigilante. And I'm I'm one of the pimps. <laughs> so well, that's, supposed to be come, that's supposed to be coming out this year. Yeah, they've, right? they've, they've already started submitting to festivals and stuff. It's a project all through New York University and the and Strasbourg. So it's all method actors, which was really an intense experience. Those prostitutes weren't method acting, were they? Because <laughs> <laughs> if they are, I gotta get on the set. Well, uh, some would say that there's a very fine line between being an actor and being a prostitute. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I do, I'm doing a movie called The House That Wept Blood, where I play a Vietnam vet with PTSD, who's sort of a you know tragic, uh, I wouldn't call him a bad guy, but he's certainly tragic and, and messed up. And then uh, what's the other one I'm doing? Then I'm doing a madcap horror comedy with John Dugan um, and Timothy Quill. And Tiffany Shepis. I love Tiffany. Yeah, I love Tiffany too. That, I just and I've been doing soundtrack work, so there's a lot going on. Is that Dracula's War, or is that Dracula's War? I'm I'm playing a uh, I go I go back to my roots and play the owner of a brothel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> um, named Logan Talbot. And I know that you did a version of Love Is Strange for the Plan Nine remake. Is that right? The, yeah, I did it for that, and they got accepted at Cannes. So. Oh. Dude. Yeah, so that um, my music will be heard in France. Yes, um, um, I'm really excited to hear that version. I love that song anyway, so I'm really. Excited oh, and I and and Tiffany it. used it for her short too. Emma's Emma's for Matchmaker, mm. so you can hear it. That they, they use the song basically as the whole uh, sort of background of the of the short movie. Oh wow, that's huge. yeah. And then I did a second song for Johnny Johnson too uh, for Plan Nine called uh, "City of Angels" by a band called the. Uh, the highlights that's also from 1956 now when you do your music stuff and obviously you go to conventions and do the horror stuff um like what what fans do you find are more more rabid or more passionate um because it seems that the you know music is more of a deep thing but then you got the whole sleepaway camp phenomenon and, and it, like and all of us can attest to this too we love that movie it's just something about old school horror movies like that so what do you think i mean is it can you even compare the two no i mean sleepaway camp at this point has become you know uh, its own monster mm-hmm. uh, but it's really fun when you know when some of the fans become crossover and and really find themselves you know that's me. I'm raising my hand. Yeah, you know, I love that when people really start listening to my music because that is a you know obviously it's a huge part of my life. But um, I, I'm, I'm so just thankful for all of it. You know, I'm and so addicted to the princess right now. I keep playing that song over and over and over. Oh, thank you. It's thank crazy. You. I mean, people at work are like, "Will you shut up with that?" Uh, <laughs> like, no. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't always smile And sometimes I'm a little child 
My favorite song is uh, "And the Water That Spills from Your Cup." Won't oh, Vertigo! Which way is down? Yeah, Vertigo. Yeah, that's another good yeah. one. You know the way, and try not to listen to what I have to say, 'cause my recollection, well, it isn't so good. From takeoff to touchdown, I wish that I could. I'll be playing oh, yeah. that tomorrow night. And I remember the, when I met you at Viscera several years ago, you were playing. And, like, I didn't even realize at first. I was just watching you play. And I didn't even realize uh, at, at first, like, who you who were, like, right yeah. away. Because I was just, you were standing there with no shirt playing your guitar. And I was like, this guy's <laughs> awesome. And then I was like, holy crap, I know who that is. <laughs> well, wow. it was funny, you know. Uh you know, when I first started doing the convention circuit, a lot of people didn't know who I was. And Sleepaway Camp hadn't really reached this, you know, sort of um, whirlwind that it's, you know, on right now. And so, you know, I remember one time I was in Vegas and I get stuck in a back room, you know, some guy who made, you know, scary clown masks or something. <laughs> um, and so I just, I just took out my guitar and started walking around the palms and playing for people, just sort of mm. as a strolling minstrel and... I remember Adrian Barbeau and D. Wallace were like, "He's cute," <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and you know, and I definitely have to thank Shannon, you know, for that because she she was always a very big supporter from the get, you know. And she, that was the first time she heard me play was at uh, was at the Palms, and then she was the one who got me involved in Viscera for that. Yay! Well, I was I was that was a lot of fun. That was a whole lot of fun. I mean, you were just on the like at one point you were on the red carpet just playing <laughs> i have a picture <laughs> nah. you know i actually met you before jamie did because i'm the infamous guy who kept you from your uh q a at monster mania ah that's me man remember yeah, that uh, yes that got me banned for life <laughs> i don't i don't think you should take responsibility though <laughs> there was some kid behind me going uh mr tierston um mr tierston and i was like get away from me kid you're bothering me <laughs> and he was trying to tell you to go. <laughs> it's like what, like 150 feet down the hall. 
And Robert Hiltzik in there going, that son of a bitch. Yeah, they're all there for you. I can't believe it. He's doing this. I was like, hey, it's fairly pretty. Good job, Alex. Hey, listen. I always told people, I said, you know, I, everybody I met in that bar at the Crown Plaza, uh, I still know. Yes, that's right. Speaking of people you still know, Felissa Rose, you know, she's just her act, you know, she's do, doing tons of stuff. And do you do you follow all her work since she like she's your best friend? Like, did you watch Camp Dread and all that type of stuff? I just watched Camp Dread. What do you think of that? What do you think? I, I thought that the young actors could use a little help, but I. <laughs> <laughs> she was absolutely brilliant, you know, and you could tell she was trying to bring them, you know, along as far as, you know, just relaxing and being natural. She was so. She was just, you know, um, you know, her acting ability is is just become so fantastic, and she's so natural on screen. And um, I wish somebody would give her, you know, like a, a role in something outside of horror to see what she could really do because right. I think she would be phenomenal. Yeah, and I'm I'm mad she kind of got screwed over on that cover deal too. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, right? Like, is Danielle that much of a bigger star than Felissa? I'm not so sure. I don't think so. I don't think so. There was just minutes. it was Dread Central just announced the five you know biggest women in horror, and Felissa was one of them. Danielle wasn't. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Huh. Well, if she was, That's what's the I difference? Say. I mean, they've been, then they both were. It doesn't matter. And I love Danielle. She's a sweetheart. But yeah, we really, do too. She's hardly in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing to do with what we think of her. We love her, but I just think oh, that she's a darling, delightful, kind gentle, fun person, and she just didn't happen to be in that movie that much. Right. <laughs> right. Beginning and, and end, yeah. Yeah, Felissa was really the crux of the film, and uh, mm-hmm. and really what held it together in the middle, despite some, you know, less than, you know... Uh, Stellar acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I don't like saying that, it's just, but that to me, you know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, know? it's the truth. It may not be the actors, it could be, you know, any number of things. Could be script, could be direction, could be could be storyboard, could be camera. It, it, it a lot of things lead to a good performance that have so little to do with an actor. Exactly. Um, and uh, I know that because you know if they took some of the wrong cuts from the Perfect House, I wouldn't have looked good. Because <laughs> there were some there were some you know uh, pop out bunts to third base. <laughs> <laughs> Acting can be a lot like baseball, you know. If you can get it right one out of three times, you're probably a big star. How do you feel about, you know, taking all these roles from here on out? Because, man, you got to talk yourself in the perfect house i mean dude seriously that's like that's like trying to fucking climb a mountain higher than everest (laughs) well i i I appreciate you saying that but for me i love that idea that there's challenges out there and for me the bigger risk they give me the more excited i'll be on whatever uh role comes up uh Mm -hmm. i always joke with my friend ron oliver who's director and i always say you know um i said you know cast me as a 74 year old transvestite who chain smokes Paul Malls and is a pinochle uh, shark. They said, because I want to stretch. Stretch your legs, baby. <laughs> they call me Maud. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I, for me, uh, just, you know, give me, give me whatever. And because I, the whole point is, and this is what I realized after Return to Sleepaway Camp was that if, if I don't force it and just go back to my, you know, my roots of my acting training, then, you know, I can be kind of interesting. Yeah, I want to apologize for that remark I made about return when I called you Eminem. <laughs> Shit, man! One girl said I looked like a monkey. Oh no, no, no! I was, I was just... like, I was like, yeah, I had a little monkey thing going. 
No, um, you're you're still you're still you. You're still cute. I mean, I've I you, oh my god, I've had a crush on you since I was born. Uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, Jamie always. Uh, but there um, we go. that's a beautiful but, thing because usually it's men who say that, so I'm I'm okay with it. When you did the new documentary for the Blu-ray release, you you made a mention that you had no idea for all those years that there were people out there who were big fans of the movie until it just like blew up. I think it was because of the website that it suddenly became like um, like a really big deal, or you realized how much of a big deal it was. Um, was that how how weird was that, or was it weird? I, I mean, want to honest. I want to answer like this as honestly as I possibly can uh, yeah. because that's only fair. Go for it. Um, I was kind of surprised that people didn't remember it. So okay. when I found out that they did, it felt like redemption, to coin a phrase. Uh, and <laughs> oh. and I was like, okay, this makes sense to me because, you know, I, I have friends who I grew up with who used to, one of my friends used to always say, you know, the one thing about Sleepaway Camp, he said, when you show it to somebody new, it never disappoints. <laughs> I just always thought that there was something special about the film and and hysterically funny and yet touching just there's so many nuances in it you know and so Mm -hmm. i i felt i was just glad i was happy to hear it but i never expected that it would you know like give you a new lease on your career and stuff yeah (laughs) but you know and i you know my friend uh you know my friend ron again the director said uh he said the fact that you were gone for 20 years but you were creating you know music and really honing your craft really bodes well for you because otherwise people would think that you were just being an opportunist by getting back into this but you weren't sitting there resting on your laurels you were playing hundreds of shows and writing music you know and i mean i wasn't i was sitting there just killing myself and you know doing touring and you know spending more money i didn't have on cds and exactly dude living my passion and working jobs I freaking hate it you know uh, and, and, and it was even worse because I was good at them you know like I found out that I was good at like corporate things and stuff like your bar yeah owning a bar managing bars uh, then working in retail and every time I did one of these jobs they ended up invariably promoting me and to me that was almost like this like affirmation that I wasn't good enough to be an actor because my uh, manager back in New York used to always say I had too much of that doctor lawyer mentality in me, and and that was that was what held me back. And so it was like when I when things went better at these jobs, it would make my mom happy and make me miserable. Right. And uh, so to finally have reached a point where you know um, there's no day job. You don't have a day job anymore. That's awesome, dude. Dude, hell hey. no. <laughs> Hell well, no. I paid my dues, goddammit. I know how to work. <laughs> I know what it's like. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to ask you, dude. That's a perfect segue into this question. Now, people that are working nine to fives and they are fucking miserable, what, I guess, what advice could you give them? Because, yeah, you said you've worked those nine to fives and those shit jobs that you hated, but you are successful in what you do in both the movies well, and the music. I- Right. There's only one thing I would say. I don't know if it's advice. I, in fact, it's not advice. I can't give people advice. That's uh, That would be incredibly, incredibly arrogant. But when I was doing all those nine to five things and all those other things, I never stopped. 
doing my music. I mean, I was, awesome. and I sometimes to the detriment of the nine to five jobs, you know, I, did, I got fired from one because I was uh, a manager and I, you know, I was practicing my guitar for hours in the office. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I would, I would book gigs, you know, on, on slow nights. I would, you know, be on the phone to California and, and parts unknown booking tours for my whole band, you know, and getting the accommodations set. And, you know, other musicians know this, they've been through it. And, that so for me it was a matter of just there was no way i was ever going to stop or give up that dream then and it really all came to a head when uh the guy who owned the retail place that i worked at uh which you know they had like 100 stores across the country and they were you know they they had taken me out to breakfast to offer me this uh you know higher up position and i turned him down and uh he said uh JT, how old are you? And I said, and this was in front of my employees. And he said, mm-hmm. I said, 35. And he said, what makes you think you can do anything other than this? Wow. Was that just like, drives you. It drove me like nobody's business. I've never forgot it. At the right. time, it was extremely deflating, you know. Right. Uh, but it's funny because the employees that were there, I still know them. And they come to, you know, conventions when I'm, when I'm local. They come to see my shows. They own all my wow. albums. Uh, awesome. I'm, and and all of them, uh, in their own right now, have become successful. So it was almost like that moment helped helped all of us Damn. Um, to realize that you know this was not where we wanted to be. And so that's really amazing. I mean, so your advice is get an asshole in your life. No, my advice is is that if 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 you want to do something, do it. That's all. Okay. <laughs> I I know that sounds that sounds simple, but it's incredibly hard to do. And. I've always gone to what J- Derek Jacobi, the great Shakespearean actor, said, which is, you know, this it has to be a need to. It can't be a want to because yeah. nobody mm-hmm. would go through it. Uh, it's too awful. You, you know, the, the financial insecurity, the stress, the, you know, problem with relationships, uh, you know, um, problems with girlfriends and then, you know, my wife and all these things that, you know, come from trying to pursue something like this. You know, it'd be a lot easier to just, you know, sit on your ass but you know so if you're miserable don't you know don't be miserable i guess that's my well that's the easy way would be to give up your dreams and stay changed to a desk or whatever it is you're doing outside of that i mean that's that's what a lot of people end up doing because it's the easiest thing to do well i have a i have a song called sancta cecilia that i um where the lyric in it is actually something i stole from my wife's poetry but uh Mm. which is um Oh, to be extraordinary through my years of imperfection. Wow. Uh, And then, you know, there's a line about inching your way to a desperate end. And the bottom line is, is we don't get to be here that long. And Mm -hmm. so even when I was working these jobs and I knew that I had to work these jobs because I wanted to have health insurance and I didn't want to bankrupt my family and and I wanted to have some quality of life, you know, I still never stopped doing the other things. I didn't make the sacrifice that some guys did, which, you know, some guys just really just, you know, hopped in a van and said, we're going to do this. And I, you know, that wasn't part of my nature. I wasn't going to be that guy uh, because I just, I, and like, you know, like I guess my manager said, there was a little bit of that doctor lawyer mentality built into me that said, I need some kind of security. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt terribly guilty about it, you know, a lot of time, a lot of the time, which is, you know, looking back is so stupid. Well, yeah, I mean. Well, you know, another success story uh, led to more of your successes in the future now and in the future. Eli Roth. Uh, Dan's a huge fan of Eli Roth, and he doesn't even know this. This will be pretty cool. Oh, you, what do we got? Well, 
Jonathan, you you talked to Eli. Eli says he's a huge fan of yours, and that through some conversation is leading up to you being a producer and a bunch of new projects or something like that. Yeah, we we you no. know it's, we talked about it briefly, but then when I saw him in person, he was kind of, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, wasted. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and and the really, you know, nothing ever came from it. But it is one of those things where, you know, I mean, he listed us on his top five horror movies of all time. Yep. Um, and so, you know, through that, I rekindled a friendship uh, from my youth with Brian Witten, who produced uh, Chernobyl Diaries mm-hmm. and just did Cell um, with Samuel L. Jackson and John Cusack and, um, you know, back before uh, produced um, The Wedding Singer and Little Nicky and several of Adam Sandler's films. In fact, I got a text via Brian from Adam saying, I thought he was dead. <laughs> um, um, so, but, and I talk to Brian all the time and I'll see him when I'm out in LA. But so we've talked about, you know, doing some producing together and Brian's, you know, certainly on a level with Eli. People don't know his name as well. But that's how Brian likes it. He's not a spotlight guy. You know, he's not a red carpet guy, but he just sits back and counts the money, you know. And, you know, Brian's, you know, he loves, he, Oren Pelly and here are best friends, so they do a ton of collaborating. And, um, and I think Brian's working on a project with James Wan, too. But, uh, and I think, I always crack up because Brian sort of just sits there in the shadows and yet, you know, I'm sure he's probably got more money than all those guys. <laughs> wow. And, uh, but he, because he was mentored by Joel Silver. You know? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so but and uh, so I've rekindled a friendship with him, which is really awesome. And um, you know, he said to me, he stayed over my house, and he said, uh, you know, I'm not going to cast you for a small role in one of my movies. He said, I want to find something that we can produce together. Yeah. So that's been the you know that's something we've been working on for a year and a half now, and um, we continue to you know. And but if you think just because you know somebody, you're going to you know. Right get somewhere it's not the case but i will say that you know the whole eli roth thing sort of legitimized me in brian's eyes huh and so uh, that's fine and uh you know and next time i see eli i'll you know flip him the bird (laughs) (laughs) remember that night you were wasted you were wasted no way let's see you were wasted with some colorado cocor Well, because it it's actually a funny story because I went up to the Stanley Hotel, yep. um, you know, which is what The Shining's based on. Yep. Overlook Hotel. And they have, they have, they started a film festival there. Yeah. And I, so I saw that and I just on a flyer, I, I actually just, I rented a room in a flea bag motel and I went up there, you know, and it's a really fancy hotel. Beautiful. And I've actually stayed in the death room. What is it? Two seventeen? I can't remember. I think it's two seventeen. Well, in the no, it's in the movie at this two thirty seven. But I think in the book, it's no, it is two thirty seven. I think. Yeah, is it? that's. I stayed in that room. But what? Uh, but did you have uh, a, cre- a crazy chick in the bathtub? Uh, no, no, nothing oh, happened. Okay. Nothing happened. I'm, <laughs> I'm decidedly, I'm decidedly not supernatural guy. So I walked into the Stanley. And the entire bar staff, you know, they usually wear these black shirts and black slacks. The entire bar staff were wearing Camp Arawak t-shirts. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) And I looked at the bartender and he looked back at me and he did a double take and my jaw was on the ground. (laughs) And I was like, what on earth? He's He's like, you're telling me? (laughs) <laughs> and the bar manager comes over and says we, we're going to go get you some credentials 
And I was like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. And they were all, I didn't even know where they got them. Dude, that is awesome. They said they had them printed up. No, I have one. You, there's some place. I, I, I have all three of them. I love part. I know that you said uh, you're not into two and three at all. You said I could find Sutton Barrett. Well, I never saw Yeah, but dude, I'm telling you, you should give two a chance. Ask Felicity because that's her husband's favorite one. It's never going to happen. <laughs> dude, it's really good. I'm telling I'm you. It's telling really you, good. it's never going to happen. Ah, whatever. <laughs> you know what? I love, your, I love your honesty. That is like my favorite thing because there's it's... no way that I will ever see that movie. And for me to say that it didn't bother me, that I wasn't even asked, would be a lie. Yep, that's what you said. You were mad. You were bummed out that they because well, it's like you just ignore Ricky. It's like the the protag- protagonist who happens to survive at the end of the first movie, and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah no, let's not, no, let's not do that. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're dead. Right? You're dead on with that. I don't blame you at all. I really don't. Yeah. Well, I would have gotten all Ricky on on his butt. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jonathan, like, all these guys are running around in those T-shirts. This is still huge. The Blu-ray comes out. The big question is, like, you've, you know, you have been reintroduced into this. You've talked to hundreds or thousands. I don't know how many conventions you've been to, but of fans. Oh, I don't, I don't do, I haven't done a lot, actually. Okay, so what is the, 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 the number one question you get asked all the time so everybody could stop asking you? Well, I guess two things. One is about the last scene. Mm-hmm. And was I there and did I have the script? And I was the only one who had the script. And and yes, I was there. Mm -hmm. Um, And secondarily, they ask about my relationship with Felissa because that's everything. (laughs) And then, you know, we have a pretty well-advertised puppy love romance that went on. And now the the last press release I saw said that um, Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor of horror. (laughs) <laughs> I said, you know, I, you know, and it's been fun because of late I've been able to pay her back a little bit with some roles in, in some of the movies that I'm doing. So that's really exciting. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Everything came full circle. And speaking of that, too, you mentioned, uh, Alex, you mentioned uh, Phyllis's husband. Now you've got a show with him tomorrow night. You know, it, the opportunity, you know, now that he's starting to play acoustic music with this new album, Acoustified, it really, just right. really awesome, you know. Yeah, but now would so. you guys ever collaborate on something? Yeah, I think we might. We'll we'll see. Um, you know, I uh, I did a uh, a remake that I've never released of Close Yet Far. I would have to revisit it to oh. take a listen to it. But uh, you know, um, I've always really liked that song. But uh, yeah. you know, I could see us writing something together for sure. Cool, man. Well, uh, I guess you got to go. So, uh, all right, you got to head out. So F you guys, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a shame, man. Well, well tell people real tell people though, um, where's the best what's the best way that they can find your music for people who are lame and don't know about it yet? Well, you can I'm I'm it's really easy to find. You can go to jonathantierston.com or you can go to iTunes or you can go to SoundCloud or Reverb Nation or C D Baby is a good one because that's where the direct links are on a lot of things. Uh, I have a new album coming out with uh, my songwriting partner, Mitch Desuarte, who co-wrote The Princess with me. Uh, yeah, and that's I called... I love that fucking song. Yeah, that's <laughs> called Family, and uh, I just added two new tracks that'll be on that called Sweetness in Hong Kong, um, which I just put out there a couple of days ago, you know, not to release, but just to sort of get people's feedback on them. I have... Oh, and there's another movie called... Sliver that's coming out that Gino McGahey's doing, um, but he uh, and he used like six of my songs in that. Wow! Uh, yeah, Dude, that's so, awesome. 
I, you know, I love the idea of doing all this soundtrack work. <laughs> That's like yeah, a marriage perfect. between right. the two things you do best, you know, I mean, movies and music. And you yeah, can bring them I both like together. That's awesome. Yeah, I especially like the soundtrack work because I can do it from home. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You know, because the princess, you know, Mitch and I did that entire song from Soup to Nuts all by ourselves, including oh, producing it. Jesus. Um, yeah, so that was really, I mean, that's what's so exciting about the new technology and, you know, using it in a, in a, uh, a tasteful way, you know. Um, I, I, we mix a lot of acoustic instruments with sort of, you know, uh, ambient techno yep. uh, with a ton of experimentation and a lot of sleepless nights. But, uh, but that's what's so neat, you know, you get that um, sort of really hybrid sound. And then, you know, don't not a lot of manipulation of my vocals because, you know, I, I think my voice, you know, not to sound too egotistical, but it stands on its own. You're like a canary. <laughs> I, I can sing, you know. You and can. So, I'm not kidding. Um, that's, you know, so I, that and that's that's how we sort of map this thing out is, you know, you get all this, you know, tremendous foundation and then we put some thoughtful lyrics on top of it and, um, and you know, see what people think. Cool. And, you know, before you go, the, this guy's going to kill me. He's like your number one fan, Cody Robinson. He just wants to know, uh, he's a huge fan of Sleepaway Camp and you guys. He wants to know about, you know, the talk of the remake uh, happening and if there's any chance he'll do a cameo or or have any involvement, maybe put a song in there or something like that. Like, because, you know, Angela had her own theme song at the end of the original. Uh, I forgot what it was called. Uh, the one I've been looking, waiting for or something like that. And would you do something like that or any kind of uh, input? Eileen, no. Um I, I know that it'll drive Felissa crazy that I say that, but uh, <laughs> it just seems to be like dating an old girlfriend. But, you know, uh, we'll see. I get you know, that. I mean, you've got a lot of stuff going on. and Yeah, well, and it's the kind yeah. of thing, you know, but, you know if, the, if the money's a certain way, I'm sure my wife would be like, uh, you're doing that. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> um, so let's let's not stand, you know, let's not think we're too self-righteous here. Because, uh, but, the, but if I had my druthers, if, if I didn't have to, then I wouldn't. Right. Well, I think you should break out the short shorts and play Ronnie, dude, for the remake. You... Yeah, I do have great legs. So. <laughs> Pop and, and put on an, an electrical tape mask mustache. Yeah, I can't wear those short shorts, though, because um, they wouldn't fit. <laughs> yeah, you don't squat 800 pounds? <laughs> no, I don't, I'm not talking about that. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> God, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> You got. You do hear that I have a deep voice, right? <laughs> I didn't say. I didn't say. Hey, Angela. <laughs> Mel tells me I'm not eating. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> Angela, Meg tells me you haven't eaten much since you've been here. Is that true? You won't get a peep out of this one. She hasn't said a word in three days. I'll tell you what. How about if you and me take a walk into the kitchen, see if we can find you something you like. That sound okay? Oh, well, you know what? We're even too young to know what's on your mind. Yeah, that's right. But we call them baldies. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, all right, I will give you one thing before I let you guys go, and that's because Darren finally just noticed this, too, because I told Felissa about it. But mm -hmm. uh, if in the scene in the walk-in, if you see, my, my back carried those lines from the, where I got smashed. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. For the rest of the shoot, and if you take a look at the shot they used, you'll see that the wood boards are already 
cracked and dented. Owen oh, really? really just did not know how to sort of fake it. <laughs> you know, and I weighed 105 you pounds. You repeatedly. And he just absolutely, yeah, we did it 15 times. And you can see that the boards are already smashed in by the time they use a the take. Wow. <laughs> nice. nice. Anything cool. for the shot, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. You're a I grew up as I grew up as a wrestler, so I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Give me like, more. Come on. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, you'd be my bitch in prison, buddy. Come on. <laughs> mm, I'd, I'd get a pack of cigarettes if I passed you around. <laughs> we don't call them baldies. We call them fat asses. <laughs> awesome. On dude. that note, <laughs> thank you, bro. Yeah, thanks for coming thank back, you dude. So you are. Oh, you're very welcome, guys. Thank you anytime, and uh, and I really, really appreciate everything. So, and uh, just you know, stay in touch, and we'll we'll keep doing all this craziness. Yeah, guys, hop hop on the Skeleton Crew group page because Jonathan uh, pops in once in a while. So, thank you for that too, man. I do. I tend to comment on random stuff. So, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, watch yourselves, people. He's out there. I'm lurking. <laughs> <laughs> nostalgia for me i i have been watching that movie for years and now i it's sort of a ritual that i have to start off summer by watching at least that well i only watched the first three um but it's it's like a ritual i i i it's part of my life and uh it i think i love it partly because i've been watching it for a long time but also because i, I still remember and i talk about this with felissa the 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 very first time I watched Sleepaway Camp and how much it blew me away. Like, I was not expecting... Because this is a very low-budget film. It's kind of unassuming. It's just a... You know, it's a little slasher. I did not expect it to end the way that it did. And uh, it just... I mean, my jaw hit the floor. I was in, it was insane. I, it was so, so good. Uh, yeah, I just fell in love with it immediately. And then the second one and the third one were both filmed here in my home state and in the second one i actually went to high school with one of the kids who's in the part of the titty patrol and um, amelia or charlie emilio wow yeah he and i went to high school together and then he went on to become a producer in hollywood um he produces television shows and um that so that was kind of surreal seeing him you know so young because i didn't actually know him until we were in high school so um when he made that film, I didn't know him, and then so when I, you know, knew high school him, and then and then I went back and watched that. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> so it's kind of special to me for that. You know, I feel like I have a little bit of a connection there, even though it was after the fact. Was he famous in high school for that movie? Um, not really. I mean, he was. I mean, everyone knew that he was an actor, and he was still a working actor at the time, but. There wasn't really a lot of talk about that. I didn't even know that he was in that movie until I watched it. And then I was like, oh, I know that name. And then I was like, oh, my God, I know that face. So it's not something that we talked about a lot. You know, it was just sort of everyone knew that's what he did, but no one really talked about it. 
I don't normally go on IMDb and go to the trivia stuff because I always like to just come up with our own like humorous observations or good observations or whatever. But uh, I'm just scrolling through now because we already did the retro, so we're just talking, we're just touching on it a little bit. Uh, see if there's anything interesting. The characters Charlie and Emilio are the real life names of Molly Nagel's, Renee Estevez's brothers, Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, all the names in that particular film are like Brat Packers. Right. So, um, like, there's Allie and Mare and, you know, all of them. Yeah, Mare. It's so weird that we're naming the show Sleepaway Camp, uh, uh, what is it, Whack? Awesome. Camp Awesome Whack. The camp that part two and three were shot at was called Camp Wacko. Or Waco. Can- oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Camp Wacko? I'm reaching here. Come on. I'm trying to get the whack part in. Uh, it's now private property. Most of the buildings used for the filming are now gone. The restroom, abandoned cabin, swimming pools are the only thing standing. The abandoned cabin is still standing. Wow. I wonder if the dead bodies are still in there. We should go check that out sometime. Yeah, let's do it. Was Jason Ehrlich... Was he Charlie or Emilio? Because I thought he was Emilio, but I always think it's Emilio, but maybe he was Charlie. Did it say which one? Justin Noel was Charlie. Okay, so I was right. He is Emilio. Okay. All right, so... Okay, so for part three, most of the characters are named after characters from West Side Story, Brady Bunch, and Munsters. That's weird. Because that guy, the Spanish guy, reminds me of like a West Side Story friggin' guy, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Tony? Um, <clears throat> Tracy Griffith originally auditioned for the part of Angela before being cast as Maricia. Mar- Marcia. What is Marcia? <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with me today? <laughs> Marcia, Marcia, Marcia. Holy shit. The girl's cabin is the same one used in the previous film, simply redressed. Wow. The script originally contained more elaborate deaths for the characters, which were untimely trimmed for budget reasons. Oh, ultimately. Sorry, my mind is gone. Uh, Herman was to have a flame poker shoved into his crotch with Angela proclaiming it's a weenie roast. Tawny and her entire news team were meant to die in a fiery explosion after Angela cut the brakes of her van. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I was actually trying to remember what. Oh, she gave the lady Coke, but it was really like Comet or something? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody knows, I mean, if you get that, if you have that box set, the uh, Red Cross thing, if you watch the, if you have part three, in there is all the death scenes. You can probably find it on YouTube also. All the death scenes were like trimmed up and you could see them all in their complete form. And they're like lots better. And even the lawnmower kill in part three, I always wish that was put a lot more they should have at least put like a watermelon under it you know mm-hmm. painted peach on the outside or something and just have it like i yeah i do wish i think it would have been a lot better because there were some creative deaths and i do think it would have been a lot better if they had been allowed to be more graphic all right guys this show is uh, important to all of us we're all big sleepaway camp fans the sleepaway camp blu-ray is now on sale you can get it for $21 straight from Shout Factory or Scream Factory. I don't know. Here's the cool thing, guys. Felissa Rose's birthday was weeks ago, and there's a lot of passionate Sleepaway Camp fans, and I would just like to listen to one of them right now with you guys. Uh, he left a little birthday message. 
for Felissa Rose. You guys want to hear this? Yeah. All right, check this out. This guy's very... He kind of reminds me... He has the same kind of delivery as Jason Lloyd. In a way, he, he videotaped himself, and he sent this to Felissa. Check this out. Hey, Felissa Rose. This is Timothy Dolphin. I'm a Michigan. <laughs> Just wanted to wish you a very special happy birthday. I am your number one biggest fan. Okay. So, how does it sound so far? Like, would you would you change your IP address so far, or what? Oh, my God. Wow. Jamie, would you change your IP address if you were Felicis at this point? I w- might leave the country. <laughs> I loved you in one of my ultimate fa- horror movies of all time, Sleepaway Camp. It was also good to see your cameo as Angela in Return to Sleepaway Camp. Hmm. Something strange about his delivery when he talks to people. Which yeah, I he's you. reading off of uh, something. You think he's reading? Does everybody just read what they say? Did Jason start a whole new thing here? Well, <laughs> you will. If you know what I'm talking about, then you will. And they are not built upon shit. Because it wouldn't be Sleepaway at Camp without seeing one of my favorite actresses of all time. I also got your newest movie, which is Camp Dread. I was kind of hoping you would be the killer in this version, but it was good to see you build that certain skill to be seen more in Hollywood-type films. So he actually, if he's reading this, he wrote down, but it would be good. Wait, let me see what he actually wrote. It was good to see you build that certain skill to be seen more in Hollywood-type films. So he wrote that? He wrote Hollywood-type films. It would be, wait, I can't even follow. My mind just, like, drifts away in the middle of that sentence. Wait, hold on. But it was good to see you build that certain skill to be seen more in Hollywood-type films. Build the skill that it would be seen more <laughs> in Hollywood-type... F- he wrote this out? I think yeah, you- right? This sounds like a guy just thinking off the top of his head and fucking it up. ...deserve it. I am very looking forward again to Sleep Away Camp movie on Blu-ray. I'm very looking forward again. On Blu-ray. <laughs> I think I know why this guy wrote this out before he read it. I am very looking forward to getting the Sleepaway Camp movie on Blu-ray from Sleepaway <laughs> Camp movie on Blu-ray from from Scream Factory. From Scream Factory, not Scream Factory. Scream Factory. I've always wanted to know about the, the wrong words. I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> <laughs> from Scream Factory. Three of the film, but it's, it'll also be good to see the Judy short again because I thought it was. Very well done. I could actually see her being the killer in Sleepaway Camp Reunion if that ever happens. But sadly, I read somewhere it, it is unlikely to be made because... I just can't imagine. So who would think to write this all down and then videotape himself reading it? Did you watch the Judy short? Yes. Did you think it was very well done? Not really. <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> I heard about the reboot and everything, but I had a heart. I kind of hope it works out okay because I think it's a. Wait, did you just read the wrong lot? Because I heard about the reboot and everything, but I had a heart. (laughs) I kind of hope it works out okay because I think it's a very huge step to bring to bring in. Is it safe to say that this guy is? uh, He really enjoyed the ending of Sleepaway Camp. (laughs) I think it's. it's What are you trying to say? <laughs> the coolest thing in the world is a girl with a cock because I really enjoy having girlfriends and there's nothing better than cock. So when you mix the two, I mean, you can't go wrong. Make Sleepaway Camp a legend again. 
I really think you would be a great Aunt Marthy. She was crazy, after all. Yeah, we never heard that one before. Which is after a good all. thing. That's why I think she was my favorite as well. And that's her favorite? I mean, I'm sorry, that's his favorite character? <laughs> <laughs> I just, my brain waves just got crossed. Ricky, because since, since he's a pun, that's why I think she was my favorite as well. And of course, Ricky, because since since he's a potty mouth, and since I was my... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Potty, potty mouth. mouth. Now, let's see, keep in mind he wrote this out. This is what he typed out. And of course, Ricky, because since since he's a potty mouth... And of course, Ricky, because since he's a potty mouth... And since I was myself... <laughs> I love Aunt Martha... And Ricky, since because because since because since he was a potty mouth, since I am my since 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 because no. since since he's a potty mouth, and since I was myself, but I'm the kind of person who don't like to pick favorites, and, and plus I yeah, you just named three of them. I was gonna say I just named like three of them, but I'm not gonna pick favorites. He doesn't like it. He just does it, and he he decides to do what he doesn't like in a two-minute recording to his biggest favorite person. I love you all, and all I just wanted to say was, happy birthday, and it should be a killer. Right, Angela? <laughs> Groaner. Yeah. And all I just wanted to say was... He just wanted to say happy birthday, but he ended up babbling about two minutes of other shit. Yeah, happy birthday while I talk about Aunt Martha being my favorite. <laughs> what is that? Does he realize that a simple email would have sufficed? Or just post like everybody else? I wonder if she responded. I want to look, man, look at her wall. I want to look at a couple of her walls. Oh. Oh. See, that's a better groaner than his. Wow, more than one person did this? There's a couple, <laughs> there's a couple people that posted videos. Oh, here he is. Oh, she liked it. She didn't even, she didn't even say anything about it. Man, I mean, what can you say about that, really? <laughs> My name is Timothy John Dahl. You gotta see this guy's hair. I should post his hair on the on the page. Please do. All right, we'll be right back.
right, everybody, this is a huge treat. We just had Ricky himself from Sleepaway Camp 1983 head into the dungeon to hang out with us. And now, Angela Baker herself, Felissa Rose. Here she is. Here she is. She's, She's coming into the dungeon right now. Stand there for a second. Wow, let me get a look at you. Oh my god. I gotta get to camp. Unbelievable. Wow, you are stunning looking. Alright guys, we're back. We're joined with a very special guest. The greatest guest you could ever have in the summertime. It is Felissa Rose, Angela from Sleepaway Camp. Angela, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Aw, thank you guys for having me. That was such a sweet intro. Thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. You know, last time you were here, you actually revolutionized the show because uh, we used to um, <clears throat> we used to do it a different way. We used to put the, the show right to YouTube because we didn't have like a real horror network type thing with MP3s and iTunes and stuff. And we did about 20 or 19 shows before you, and they were all, you know, they were like getting... I don't know, maybe like uh, <laughs> like 50 hits or something on YouTube. But when we did your show, we put it out, and we woke up the next morning, and it was already at 100, and then it was into the thousands within like <laughs> just <laughs> like weeks or something. And then it had the high, it was like at 4,000 with like in, in a crazy rate. So thank you for probably being one of the a big uh, you know jump start to our show and got us where we are today. Oh my goodness, thank you for sharing that with me. That that's amazing and you know, I I thank you guys so much for having me, but that's uh, that's really cool. I'm so happy that happened for you guys. You deserve it. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You know, it's it's amazing. And you know, last time you were on, we we got into everything sleepaway camp and it's funny cuz when you did the documentary for the new Blu-ray, like so many things that we discuss here and I thought were so exclusive all of a sudden come out I'm like no we did that we did that <laughs> you had it first yeah right hey we had that two years ago but uh right. yeah. but so you know now I want to get more into like what you're doing now and like you as a person and you know you being such a big part of the genre you got into horror itself like I, I don't know did you get into it because you were such a iconic person in it or did you always were like prone to being into horror movies well, you know what? I was since I was so young when I did Sleep Boy Camp, I was like 12 turning 13. I hadn't really experienced much of the genre myself. My parents weren't like tremendous horror fans. Um, but I remember seeing like the the coming attraction, the trailer for The Shining and Magic and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So all of those movies, you know, sort of um piqued my interest. I would see the ads. I'm really dating myself. I would see the ads in the newspaper and um, you know, it was always exciting to me, but once I had filmed Sleepaway Camp, it definitely was like, okay, this is um, a genre that I not only love and respect, 
But I'm now a huge fan, and I I was uh, lucky enough to go and watch all of the big movies after that. My parents were kind of like, well, you filmed it, you know, you you kind of <laughs> did all of that anyway firsthand, so now you can you can watch all of these movies, and it was it was tremendous because I I really am a a, a big fan, and uh, I've been fortunate to meet so many people in so many movies I love at the conventions. I'm yeah. like the biggest, I'm the craziest fan girl. I practically <laughs> jump on everyone. I'm like. Oh my God, I love you. And they're like, we love you too. <laughs> <laughs> like I did, I was under that latex. I saw the, you know, the Kenny body. I, I, I watched the blood being put on Meg. You know, it's like when you see those things close up, you understand that, um, that boundary between what's happening on the screen that you're watching, you know, the film that you're watching and, and really seeing the artistry. I mean, I tell that to my daughter all the time. She just made me the most beautiful picture from her own mind, um, of what she thinks of Angela and everybody's like, but she has a little knife. You know what? She gets that it's entertainment because that's the only thing she's known is like acting and, and creativity in our home. So yeah, you, you learn it as a child and it's all through the communication from the people around you. Wow. Did, did you post that on Facebook? I'd like to see that. I did. I put it on Facebook. Um, she has a lot of likes. She's looking at all the comments and it's on <laughs> Instagram. I, I posted everything. And you know, what's so sweet I um I went into her room this morning to get something and she was asleep and I found it and it said something like to my amazing mom who's the best actress Angela. Wow. You know, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I saw this this morning. I didn't know what it was. Wow. I know she posts. She made that for me and and she did one. She just told me when she got up. She had done one for my husband too. Um, of you know my husband who's in a bank who's been a musician his whole life and he has a guitar and. She's a really talented little girl. She just turned nine uh, a couple of weeks ago. Wow. That's, so that's pretty good. I can't even draw a stick figure. So for me, it was amazing. <laughs> I'm just glad you have pants on in this picture. She's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just checked. Yeah. I was like, somebody left an, I, a message somewhere like, look at you packing on the left side. I'm like, oh, my God, did she do that? Because I had told, I recently <laughs> told her that I am a boy in the movie. Right, 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 right. That is so awesome. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. That's great. <laughs> now, you said you were into, so you were into those things and they really pulled you. Now, the, the movie that struck you the most, one of your favorite movies ever is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, because of Marilyn Burns and oh Ed Beale. I love, is Marilyn Burns not like, to me, that was one of the most riveting and spectacular performances a female could um, you know, create just that that horrific, you know, wow. feeling. She you know, really didn't she just break your heart. She ripped I mean, it wide open. And people frequently say things like, you know, when if people who are not fans of Texas Chainsaw, which I am, I am one, but I mean, I am a fan. But people who say things like, "Oh, I just can't stand the last half hour of that movie when it's nothing but screaming," I'm like, what you don't get is that when you've been through what she has just been through, that is all you have left. Oh I mean, she that is raw emotion. That was raw. Yep. And it was amazing. And I still get chills when I watch it to this day because it was just unreal. I had the unbelievable pleasure of um, actually going to the location where they shot Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was working for Fangoria like, you know, nine or ten years ago. And they brought me there. They flew me to Texas and, and we went to the location and I had the pleasure of meeting her and talking with her. 
Um, and Gunnar Hansen was there and Ed Neal. And I mean, I was so starstruck. Like, you know, Julia Roberts, okay, cool, whatever, she's a movie star. <laughs> but like, yeah. me, Marilyn Burns, who portrayed such a beautiful, like, um, you know, woman in that movie of such heart-wrenching, like, you know, panic and sheer terror. I was blown away by her sweetness, her kindness in person. And I just thought, I think she's a magnificent actress. I mean, she's tremendous. Wow. Yeah, that's all. And she was, here's the thing. She was in that new one. And that's what I want to ask you about. Now, you're you're so into this movie. It's one of your favorites ever. <laughs> now, there's a direct sequel called Texas Chainsaw 3D. So what did yes. you think of that? I mean, you know, I'm a fan of... I, I'm a fan of horror, and it's very rare that I get kind of up in arms, let's say, and I don't like something because I can truly, I think maybe having made a bunch of horror movies, I know what goes into the process. Mm -hmm. And you really, you never set your, you know, yourself up to fail. You don't go into movie making to make a piece of, you know what, I don't know if I can curse. <laughs> you can say whatever. You know, <laughs> it's all good. You go into it wanting to please the audience, wanting to make something spectacular and it and and you know amazing. You don't. So for me, I always see the the highlights, and I thought that there was you know some great stuff about it. Um, and I you know I was happy. I actually really enjoyed it. So I, yeah, I, me too. I don't feel bad. <laughs> You're not alone. It's it. almost like an apology in my telling you how much I liked it. But, you know, I can't I, I can't tell you otherwise. I really did enjoy it. Yeah, uh, we we gave an in-depth review on that. And I think I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I think <laughs> that's big. That's good. Yeah, that's, I think it's accurate because I really appreciate what they did with the direct sequel idea and not the rehash crap. And that's another thing I like about you. It's like, I love how, like, what you, what you put out there and what you represent. Everything you represent is like fresh, cutting edge and new and, and no rehashes, no remakes, things like that. And I know that if they did remake Sleepaway Camp, you would obviously want to be, you know, a part of it. And you should be if the right people are making it. They definitely should have you do something. But, but you, for the most part, are into the new, fresh ideas. Like you just did Camp Dread, and just just hearing the um, the whole idea of Camp Dread, they, like on paper, it's like one of the, the like a great fresh idea and a new take on horror. Like you must have been really excited to to get into that. I was really excited because um, I had become close friends with Harrison Smith, the writer and director, um, and I just think he's a really smart, um, fun person and he wants to make good movies. Um, you know, obviously I've done just to clarify, I'm not, I don't think I've ever done, you know, anything like Citizen Kane and like that kind of movie. I mean, I make cheesy horror movies that can definitely entertain, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I, you hope that they turn out well, but with Harrison, it's always a pleasure because I know that, Especially, you know, he he works on certain budgets and his integrity is enormous. I mean, I think the script was really cool. It was a, a had a lot of fun twists and turns. Mm -hmm. I love the character he wrote um, specifically for me that was very generous and kind. And to work with Eric Roberts and then Danielle Harris starring in it. I didn't get to work with her, but I got to hang out with her was like. I talk about geeking out. I mean, I was just, you know, a little puppy jumping all over them. Yeah, no, I can imagine. You know, Eric <laughs> Roberts. I mean, Jesus Christ. 
Oh, I, really, I really love Eric Roberts. I do. Oh. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm tired of it. He takes so much shit for doing, you know, a lot of movies and, you know, uh, some of it is not amazing stuff. But you know what? He's working. Right. And we as actors, we have to work. So sometimes we might take a project that isn't like the best movie in the world, but we love the cast. We love the crew. We love the director. There are other reasons for taking on a film. And I just think that he, you know, he's such a big talent and we're lucky to see him in so many things. And for me to actually sit next to him and play opposite him, I mean, I was uh, and the, I swear to God, I mean, you could ask the crew. <laughs> I was so ridiculously like, you know, panting and drooling like, oh, my God, I'm with Eric Roberts. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> I was like every fangirl who wants to be in the presence of Eric Roberts. You know, and his first line to me wasn't very kind. I'm all like dolled up for the first scene. I'm in like a tight little dress and hair and makeup had been done for like took them three hours, you know. And he's like, have you gone through uh, hair, makeup, and wardrobe yet? Oh! <laughs> I'm like, yes. And I still love him. I thought that was the cutest thing. I knew he was just, you know, messing with me. But it was just, it, it like cut that nervous energy right away from, from my uh, being because I was terrified. He's a legend. He's iconic. Look at the roles he's he's done. And I love when he gets emotional. Um, I mean, he just, he... I feel like he just pours everything into it and it sort of comes off that he's way. He's the real deal. Yeah. He, I dig he's, so much. And can I just say one thing about him? Like personally, he's a big sweetheart. He's a really kind man. You know, I know that he's an animal lover and oh, I mean like a huge animal lover. And uh, when he used to, he used to just post things on Facebook all the time. Like he would see a lost puppy somewhere. Yeah. And he, would post about it on, yeah. he would post about it on Facebook. And I'm, that endeared me to him so much. I'm like, yeah, this is a real well, guy who has real feelings. His wife, Eliza, is is just as beautiful and compassionate and loving. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting her, um, which I guess we'll get to. He, he starred in a movie I just produced called No Solicitors. And so she came to the set one day and, you know, she's another one who just has this energy that you want to get wrapped up in. She's. She's awesome. Oh, so you changed the name. It was going to be Dead by Solicitation. Death by Solicitation, right. yes. Okay. The original title. Yeah. Wow, Alex. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, I fought that tooth and nail with our um, my friend John Callis, who wrote and directed it. I just felt like it was almost too cheesy, if there's such a thing, mm -hmm. like Death by Solicitation, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> it was like... Uh, I don't know, like too silly. So right. we changed it to no solic no solicitors, which I thought had more of a cool ring, you know, to it. Yeah, and that's a big step for you. I mean, you know, uh, I know, like, because uh, we're friends with another show with the Terror Dome, and you were on their show. Yeah. I oh, you remember that? that? Yeah, a year yeah. ago, and um, or maybe a little less than a year ago. But you said how you're a little bit too chicken to be a director because it's like, oh my god, what am I doing? This and that. So. You know, you but you, what you did do, which I think is a big step too, is is production. So, what was it like to to produce something oh. like this? It was it was um, it was terrifying. Was the first thing. It was really really you know scary to think about. You know, putting all of the it's like a big a movie is like a big puzzle. This is how I always describe it. There's like billions of pieces, and basically, what the producer has to do is put all of those 
parts together, like cast it, crew it, you know, everything. I mean, you have to be the person to hire the caterer. You're the, at least, you know, that's, that's, I was the sole producer on it with um, a line producer, John Schuweiler, who saved my neck a billion and one times. But it's like you have tons of paperwork. You have to deal with the props. You have to do every department you're overseeing. And um, yeah, it was a large chunk of, you know, scary and excitement and everything going on. But I think at the end of the day, it was the most wonderful, um, you know, scenario I could ever dream up for myself. And I hope to do it a million times more. But yeah, that that was uh, that was cool. That's that's awesome, yeah. Because we we talked to Daniel Harris in October, of course. <laughs> and, I love uh, her. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. She was really cool, and I asked her about because you know she produced or she directed actually. Um, Amongst friends. Yeah, and I asked her like, what was the difference between uh, that and acting? And and basically, it looks like the same thing or production. Like the it never ends. Like when you're an actor, you go home, you're pretty much done with it for the day. But it, it looks like producing seems to be a twenty four hour job. You know, I'm still in it. Okay, <laughs> I'm still getting threat texts from my director now. Um, we're just at the very tail end. We probably we just have to mix it. We just did ADR last week. We're just about finished with post. I just have to give the end titles, the end credits, and where we're done. Oh, cool. So it will be wrapped up with probably the end of this month and then ready for distribution. But it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's a crazy job. And I love every second of it. And I'm also still afraid of all of it. But you <laughs> should always do things that you're afraid of. You should right. You have to challenge yourself. In. Yes. Because then you get I was, bored. I if was you afraid don't. to have a child, and then I was like, "Oh, I'll have three. Three, yeah. <laughs> 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 that, that, that's awesome. And uh, the the other thing I was looking forward to, which it seems like it's done now. You did a movie with the guy from Titanic, uh, Billy Zane. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a zombie. Yeah, zombie killers. Zombie yeah. killers. Yeah. When's that coming out? Um, that film just. Got distribution. It will probably be out in the fall. Um, that stars Billy Zane, who I'm like crazy about. Misha Barton, D. Wallace, and Gabrielle Stone, who's D. Wallace's daughter, who's now a dear friend of mine. Um, and it's it was written and directed by Harrison Smith, my my good friend, um, who I adore. And I think this film. Honestly, and I can't wait for you to see it. And I'm not saying it because I'm in it. <laughs> uh, I'm so lucky to be in that lineup. Um, it is an amazing zombie movie. And it's not just about the zombies. It's about the people and all of their stories woven together in this huge, epic film. I mean, it is like the biggest film I've ever been a part of. It's wow. just I can't even explain it. The CGI, the, you know, I'm not like a huge fan of CGI, but for these thousands of zombies that come and attack this town, I mean, it is, it's spectacular. Right. And, and how, how big is your role there? Like, uh, let's just say compared to Camp Dread, which is, is it the same capacity? No, I mean, it's a smaller role. She's, although, um, you know, she's, it was the toughest role to date. Absolutely, by far, uh, because she could not be further from who I am as a person. <laughs> She's a very serious religious woman. She's the the church lady of the town um, and oversees <laughs> all of her followers. And she's very serious. And um, she, 
Harrison says I'm scarier than the zombie. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm picturing I'm picturing the mist, and <laughs> I did not want to completely. <laughs> Completely rip off Marsha Gay Harden, who I'm a huge fan of, but I couldn't help. My character's name is Leah, and I I couldn't help but think of her. But <laughs> something about my character, Leah, I, I said to Harrison, I wanted to give her an edge. I'm like, don't you think she was the whore of the town like years ago? <laughs> He's like, yes. And she's still making like these sexual, there's something very sexual and crazy about her. And <laughs> Wow. So I had to really get myself around this role, and it was cool. It was so fun. Wow, I can't wait, man. Yeah, it's a great movie. He did a beautiful job with it. I can either. I'm also a huge Billy Zane fan, so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a- nice. He's friends with Eric Roberts. They're, they remind Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jesus. I know. I know. I'm going to get them all. I want to work with C. Thomas Howell. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Sadly in love with him as a young girl. Like, obsessed. <laughs> you hear that? You hear that? Did you hear that? C? Can I call you C? <laughs> I was too. Like, even from The Hitcher, there was oh. something about when he was wearing, like, those jeans and then that white T-shirt and that jacket. I was Hello? just oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, I guess, the way girls are today with I don't know who. But yeah, right. maybe the way they were with, like, Justin Bieber. That's how I felt about C. Thomas Howe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it sounds like your career is just in super high gear. You don't you don't have to work a day job anymore, right? I assume. I you know, I, I I'm fortunate that um that I, no, I don't. Um and I it's just it's been I have met some wonderful directors. I'm like stuttering because I maybe I'm even like, you know, a bit surprised at how it all went. And it, I say Sleepboy Camp really gave me a life. It gave me a career. Right. Um, because all of the directors I work with are pretty much people who call me out of the blue because they're fans of Sleepboy Camp. <laughs> You know, they're like, I loved you in that movie. Would you come and hang out with me on set and play this part? And it's like, I'd pay you. Yes, I would. Oh, man. I would, if I was making a movie, man, if I had some kind of budget and I didn't have to work, <laughs> I would have you, Jonathan, oh, Daniel Harris. Thank you. Yeah, Jonathan's amazing. I get to do another. I'm like moving all this into PRing for these films. But so I, you do know, it. No, I was going to ask you anyway, actually. <laughs> There's a movie reservoir that's like the natural, you know, segue. Um, and I get to work with Jonathan Tierston again and um, and Frank Sorrentino. Frank Sorrentino, who played me, is he was a little Peter in Sleepaway Camp. And did you oh, hear wow. he has his own reality show no. called The Sorrentinos? He's Mike the Situation's brother. Are you kidding? <laughs> Swear to God. Couldn't Are make that serious? up. Oh, Sleepaway Camp has this kind of shit going on. Yeah. Wow. He's... A dear friend of mine, we, we've gotten in touch recently. We ha- It's like no time has passed. On July 15th, TVGN at 10 Central or 9 Central. <laughs> I'm so excited for the show to air. Um, he has a new show. And the reason I'm talking about it is because he does his whole, a lot of his storyline on the show is that he was Peter in Sleepaway Camp. They go to the screening in New York City because of the Blu-ray. And now he, myself, um, Frank and Jonathan are doing this movie Reservoir in August. Oh, you, oh, so you didn't shoot anything yet? We haven't shot anything, no. Okay. And then, and then Frank might even have a second season, and he's coming with me to a bunch of conventions, and the cameras will follow him. Wow. So. 
Right. That'll be cool to see horror like on, you know, I think we could take over reality TV people. <laughs> yeah. Now you talked about that you were going to be in a reality television show. You know, and it's still I, I shot something last week and, um, you know, it's still finding a, a home. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that. I will tell you that Tiffany Shepis is with me. Um, not here right now, but uh, <laughs> along this this horror journey. Right. And Gabrielle Stone said that she'd be part of it as long as it was, you know, truthful and cool. And I think it will be. So we'll see. I mean, I think with shows like The Walking Dead and, you know, I mean, so many cool horror Bates shows. Motel. I was just going to say Bates Motel is produced by friends of mine at the Wolper organization. And I'm I'm just proud of anything horror on, on television. And I think we should take over reality, alternative TV, reality TV, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I'm done with the Kardashians. <laughs> Haven't we seen enough, like, you know, rich people? <laughs> yes. Doing nothing. Yeah. Drinking wine? What do they do? I mean, God bless them. I don't, I don't hold anyone back from make, having a successful life and career, but I think we need something fresh and new coming out, and I think horror is the way to go. Felissa, I, I have this conversation with my fiancé constantly. I said, hon, there's no so- – like, what are you even getting out of this? Like, she literally watches every single thing. She watches Jersey Housewives, Atlanta Housewives. I, I do too. I, I watch some. I don't have the, uh, you know, sadly, I'm watching Disney most of the time if I'm watching <laughs> television, but I do get caught up a little bit. You, It's like a train wreck. I call yeah, it my yeah. Doritos. You don't want to eat Doritos. You know they're bad for <laughs> you, but you can't help it. That's how I feel about reality TV with these housewives. I, I oh, I hate it. Oh, honey, let's change it. Yeah, Hang right. on. What is she saying? <laughs> Wives, they're beating the living shit out of each other, people. And we're watching. You know, tune into me and Tiffany, and you'll get a whole lot of like or real stuff. You know, what we go through in a day. We don't have a million dollars. We're not getting our nails done bullshitting over like, you know, what Mercedes to buy. We're actually wrangling a million kids at a time, trying to clean our houses and then go and get bloodied up at night, you know? That's the life, though. That's the life. And we love it, yeah. Yeah, and your show would be awesome because you're so busy. Like, if you go on your IMDb, it's like, no service, the undead, dead end, Jurassic City, within the walls, no solicitors, M is for matchmakers, zombie killers, Camp Dread, awesome girl gang street fighter, (laughs) I was a teenage suicide, aliens versus assholes. And it's like... (laughs) constantly like you're always you're so busy that's so awesome to see that because i was telling you know jamie here i was i was like man we love sleepaway camp but it wouldn't be so nice to have like an extension beyond that and really like still follow what you're doing and we're just thrilled that you're still working and now you're like and you and jonathan too he's actually uh we interviewed him a little while ago and he's gonna be on the same show i had to do my you know my sleepaway camp's like my one of my favorite movies ever so to have you both on the same show was like a dream so I had to arrange that. <laughs> thank you. And I know he loves you. And thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. You know, it's funny. You, uh, I don't know if you'll recall this because you meet probably thousands of people at every convention and stuff. But um, a guy, uh, John, he, he gave you a DVD uh, or a Blu-ray, the new Blu-ray. And he asked you both to sign it and, and write the skeleton crew on it. Yeah, 
I do remember that. Yeah? Yes. That was for me, yeah, because I can't... Uh, I think that was Blood at the Beach, maybe, or something. I don't... You're never in Jersey, man. I'm like, come on. <laughs> you know, I would love... I'm going to be in Verona, New York for Scarecon. That's in September. Come yeah? Come see there. Yes. Okay. And, you know, the conventions for me, obviously, I'm away from my kids, so I get to let it all hang out, so to speak. <laughs> not my penis. Not my penis, but I get to... You, know, you won't see that? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was hoping to see that penis of yours. I... <laughs> that penis, aw, it's so tiny. It's such a small little thing. It never grew since you were 12? Never grew, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I like to hang out with everybody and, and have a good time and party down, so. Awesome. You know, you okay, so let's touch on Sleepway a little without doing the yeah. same old questions. Yeah. Okay, because a lot, you know, some people sent some stuff in, so... Okay, so did you ever see Sleepaway's, the so-called Sleepaway Camp for the Survivor? I have never seen it. Good. Thank you. You should thank God. <laughs> okay. I feel badly hey, it's okay I that haven't you haven't seen it. Seen it. <laughs> well, I heard from so many people that it was just kind of, you know, an unfinished, strange kind of running around with a camcorder. <laughs> so I wasn't yeah. quite... And a lot know. of clips from the previous films. Oh, it, okay. It just, it just is... Um, it's a waste it, of time. It's not good. Okay. So, so they should be sending me my check soon. <laughs> yeah, right? You're not even getting paid for this. Yeah. Okay, so have you ever seen Son of Sleepaway Camp? No. Is that a movie? <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, because I remember finding that on YouTube one time. and it had What? The, yeah, right, Jamie? Isn't that a good one? I've never. I don't know. You blindsided me with that one. Wow, I'm I'm googling I'm on Google right now trying to find it. <laughs> I, I'm gonna do it That's too right now. Crazy son of Sleepaway Camp. It, I'm on YouTube title. doing it. Let's see. Is that like a fan film? Maybe. I don't remember. My husband probably made it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All the music video. I can't... It says 1988. Son of Sleepaway Camp. What in the world? <laughs> I have never heard of that. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh oh. Bliss is gonna be watching something tonight. I'm going to be checking out Son of Sleep Boy Camp. <laughs> what in the world? It says Crystal Lake After Dark. That's Alex's website. <laughs> oh that's my. yours? Yeah. Um. So some, that's how I discovered it. Yeah, well, this used to be my website. I used to run this website, and somebody posted. I found this on YouTube the other day. Thought it was only thing has in common with the opening music and the title. This has never been mentioned in the Sleepaway Camp series. It came out when part two came out and it's very mm -hmm. odd and something that has puzzled me. And here, look, here I am. Wow, amazing. Can't wait till I have time to watch the whole thing. Is it good? And nobody ever responded. <laughs> wow. I have no idea what that is. It looks like it was taken off YouTube. It says, um, the account associate has been terminated due to multiple third-party notifications of copyright. Wow. wow. Yeah, so we got to... I didn't watch it, oddly enough. I never. I guess I never found the time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got to watch that one day, right? Okay, so the answer is no. Okay, cool. What? <laughs> well, there, there's something. Okay, have you ever read the book Examining Sleepaway Camp? Um, you know, I've seen some material out there... I think my husband purchased it off Amazon. I I don't really believe that it's... Have you seen it? Oh, because it's if, it's amazing. Oh, it is? Because if this is the book that I'm thinking, which I, it doesn't sound like it is, um, it's just really the movie, kind of. No, no, no. This guy. <laughs> 
I love his enthusiasm. I know, me too. He's so cute when he gets like this. (laughs) You guys are so cute. What is the deal with the book? Okay, it's a book where a guy... You you could say it this way. You could put it this way. He looks way too into the movie. And... um, it, it's actually incredible, though, and it makes you think that um, Hiltzik is a genius. Are they analyzing the movie, or...? Yeah, because if Robert Hiltzik thought all of this through, it would be the most incredible thing in the world, but there's no way. But it doesn't matter, because looking at it from this guy's angle is just incredible. Like, you have to read this book, and you'll, as, as enthusiastic as you are, you'll have such a new appreciation for this. I have no idea. Do you know of a Sleepaway Camp book? My husband just walked in. Do you have the, the Sleepaway Camp book? Oh, he's shaking his head, yes. Have you read the Sleepaway? He hasn't read it. Not all of it. Not, not all of it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's amazing. Does it have any stories, like... About the movie, or is it just kind of analyze? Oh, it's analyzing it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who's that? The author? He goes. He's like, it's just kind of repetitive, and he said, "Is that the author?" No, it's not repetitive. <laughs> Let me watch what I say in case you're That's talking so to the funny, author. That's so funny, right? <laughs> no, he, my husband has no filter. Yeah, right. <laughs> say it all. So Kyle and Brett were there. Um, okay, so anyhow, sorry about that. So no, we we haven't read. I'll I'll take a look at it, Alex. For sure. I'm telling you, you would absolutely love it. It's such. It's like another fresh take on the whole thing, and it does uh, all four movies, believe it or not. So what's it, what's it called again, Alex? Examining Sleepaway Camp. Okay, I'll have to check it out too. Our friends just interviewed the actual author, so uh, man, I should have I should have heard that before I did this interview. But wow. So okay, okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. And the other thing is, it's a, a, the really amazing thing about Sleepaway Camp that nobody really thinks about is, you know, I think everybody gets kind of th- like sidetracked with the idea that you're a guy at the end of the movie. And they don't realize that one of the, the biggest twists of the movie is that you were built throughout the movie to be the final girl. And the final girl is the killer. And that never happens. Oh, that's pretty Alec. Yeah, see, that's, <laughs> that's like a double whammy, and that's what I told him when he brought it up to me. I'm like, I think people were too busy being blindsided by the penis. <laughs> they, right. you know, they didn't what? stop to think about that, but it's true, you know. That is pretty amazing. I love it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing everybody wants to know is how come you became like a beast instead of just a regular 12-year? Like, why were you going like, and like crazy com- compared to... <laughs> just being a, a guy who's just standing there well I although not a murderer in real life um, <laughs> thank heavens um, I would imagine if you are someone who's just gone on like a rampage <laughs> through a camp and then you sever the head the complete <laughs> um, like decapitation of the boy that you were kind of dating right. and you're naked and you're about to do this tremendous reveal. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you know, because I've thought about it. I've obviously tried to make sense of mm-hmm. some of Sleepaway Camp, which <laughs> it's still, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, it's got, it's fun and it's cheesy, but I think that it was, you know, for entertainment purposes, but also because now she's, She's like an animal. I mean, in a sense, 
Like anybody who kills is really, you're in your uh, primal, most animalistic state. And it's just, that's what's taken over. Like this kind of um, crazy, sinister yeah. person. I just think you were still sane enough and crafty enough to say things like, I thought you were the killer. You know? I was ve- yeah, I thought you were the killer. Imagine. <laughs> that's the only, li- I really hate that so much. That do line. you? I said, what, what do I say? Like, I'm going, um, I'm going to see my cousin. I'll be back before dinner. <laughs> the I New York accent. It's such a heavy <laughs> New York accent, you know? Dinner. <laughs> I, hate, I hated the way I said that line. I remember cringing in the movie theater. <laughs> I haven't said that in a really long I don't think I've ever expressed that before. <laughs> All new sleepboy camp stuff, folks. Yeah, right, right. No, no, don't throw me in the water. My husband teases me all the time that I say water row. Don't throw me in the water row. <laughs> <laughs> Even to this day, he'll, if I don't go in the pool, he's like, what's the matter, Angela? Don't you like to swim? Oh, <laughs> God, why can't we be oh, friends? she doesn't, does she? Oh, we are <laughs> friends. We will. We'll hang out. When I get to Jersey, we'll definitely hang out. I need to go to Monster Mania. I want to go to Monster. I love Monster Mania. Yeah, the one Jonathan's thrown at him. <laughs> because because he was hanging out with me when he should have been on the panel. <laughs> what an idiot. I mean, seriously, who goes to the bar during the Q&A? Hello? I don't know. Oh, Alex is a bad influence. I wasn't there to babysit, okay? I was only having a kid the next day. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't fly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a good influence. But, uh, yeah. You in the bar with him? Yeah, I was, I was one of the guys hanging out with him, yep. Oh, that's hilarious. When I heard that he didn't make the q and I, I was like, I thought I heard the wrong thing. I was like, excuse me? They were like, yeah, he didn't make the q and I was like, okay, that is really messed up. <laughs> but I get it now, Alex. He was with you. So it's all, all is forgiven. It's so fun, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, okay. So now, see, when I, I asked you about um, Sleepaway 2 and 3 when you were on the show – but you seem to go a little further in the Blu-ray, and you said that you actually got the script, and they wanted you to do it, and you passed it up because you didn't connect with the new take on the character. Is that right? Well, I had that's exactly right. I had the same manager who um, they were my managers for Sleepaway Camp, you know, one, and they called me. I guess I was seventeen, so they called me four years later, and they said, "Hey, you know." We just got a call from whomever, uh, Michael Simpson's people, I guess, or Michael Simpson. Um, and they, they're doing the sequels, two and three, back to back in Georgia over a period, Woo-hoo. I guess, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Georgia, uh, that's why. <laughs> oh, I love, I love Georgia. Um, and so they were like, you, you know, you have to live there for a couple of months, I guess, whatever. And I thought, okay, well, I had just applied to college. And so I went in, I read, he had this, the scene, a few scenes sitting there. I'll never forget. It was like a really cool townhouse in Manhattan. And I went, sat with him. He's a lovely man. And I, the words just didn't come out right. I just wasn't, I wasn't good. Wow. It was good. I probably made a fool of myself. So, uh, you know, I sort of like went home and told my managers, I don't think it really went well. He already had Pamela Springsteen, I think, like kind of in the back of his mind. I don't know. We'd have to call him and ask him. I'm actually, I reached out to him recently. I'm supposed to have a drink with him hopefully soon. Wow. Um, but anyhow, I got into NYU and I just chose to go there instead of going to Georgia if if they had offered me the role, which 
they, you know, I don't even think they would have. I sucked. I was really bad. No, you know, it's weird. As much as I love you, I still feel like she was perfect for that role. It's weird. She was so dynamite that even I think my husband's uh, favorite Sleepaway Camp is part two. Yeah, he said that. He loves her. He adores her. In fact, I wish I could meet her. I know she's a photographer in L.A., but I can't get in touch with her. So you don't have any regrets because obviously, number one, you didn't connect. So and two, she did so well that why would you even want to tamper with that? So you think it's it was meant to be exactly what happened, right? I think it was. I, I, I mean, yeah, I think I do regret it. I wish. I mean, look, first of all, they never officially offered me the role. So there's no I can't even regret because there was I was. It's not like I turned it down. Right, right. You know, but I would love to say I'm Angela in parts one, two and three. However, I, she was way better than anything I could have ever done. She's amazing. And yeah, I think. Ultimately, it was the way it was meant to be because, you know, I got a great education and I actually studied in Strasbourg for four years with some cool people like, you know, Adam Sandler and Chandra Wilson from Grey's Anatomy and Jesse Martin from Law and Order. So I had terrific people around me who I was learning with. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you went on to NYU. You had, you know, you your future then set in motion from there. So, you know. Nothing to regret. Yeah, I think I had. I think it was you know I partied for four years rather than go to Atlanta and you know. (laughs) Yeah, right. Film a low budget. uh, (laughs) You know. Now here's the thing. Now we we talked to Jonathan and he's obviously you know he he even admitted he's a little bitter that they didn't ask him to come back. Also, he said, "Well, what the hell? I was one of the main stars, and you don't want to know. You don't want Ricky in the movie, like." What the hell's going on here? So he he never watched two or three. He hasn't even watched Return to Sleepaway Camp. How about that? Yeah, because he hates his performance, right? So here's the thing. is Do you think that you can convince him to watch two and three, or can your <laughs> husband do it since he loves part two so much? I I can definitely get Johnny to watch it. Yeah? Um, He cracks me up because, you know, we sort of, with the Blu-ray, opened the door to there really is that kind of feeling of Ricky having been involved with Angela and, uh, you know, doing the killings. So right. I think, you know, he feels a little bit more confident about Ricky now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's been, although he's so funny because he texts me today. How come you're going to Calgary HorrorCon without me? That's <laughs> I'm, I go August 2nd. He's like, tell them you're going to kill them. <laughs> Maybe they heard about the Monster Mania thing. <laughs> He's still pissed off when I get asked to go to a convention and he doesn't. He's like, you know, what, just because you're Angela? He said, so they want your penis and not mine? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be after his his shirtless chest. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I get so nervous when that happens. <laughs> Yeah, he's always wearing the the wife beater or nothing. So <laughs> he <laughs> is so crazy that kid. Yeah, absolutely. So now you just mentioned that with him. Now in in that Terror Dome show, you said that something might be happening this year with Sleepaway Camp, another entry. So yeah, but if I tell you, I'd have to kill you. That's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> She can do it too. Look at her. Look at that body count she's strung up. I, I, I would be honored to be killed by Angela oh, Baker. You're so cute. Um, <laughs> you know, there is so much 
like stuff going around. I, I could hardly keep it straight. You know, I would have to, I would imagine in the next year, probably there will be something. I just, I don't know in what formation, like, will it be a remake? Will it be a new installment? I'm not really quite sure. I get calls and all kinds of stuff, but I, I just kind of, I go with the flow. That's just kind of, you know, how it is. And I would love it. I would, obviously I would love it. If I could, you know, be involved somehow, I'd, I'd be happy. I hope so. Yeah, you, you can't be undercover as a cop. We have to see you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Six hours of makeup, Alex. Oh, my God. <laughs> six them every morning when I played that character. That fake nose. See, by the time that you get done with the makeup, it's ready to go. You're ready to go home. <laughs> six hours. My makeup call would be like four in the morning. Jesus. You know? Can and you nap while they're doing that? Yeah, can you sleep I, when they're doing this? I do go into like a sort of zen state because how? what else are you going to do? You're just kind of sitting there. I mean, thank God there's like six, seven people around me and we're bullshitting, having the best time. And I probably was still drinking from the night before. So <laughs> good. But it was, it was, you know, pretty nutty being in that chair. And wow. the wig and the, you know, yeah. and my, my adorable handler. His name is Mike Marino. He went on to do little films like Black Swan and, you know. Oh, little film. Little yeah, right. films, you know, yeah. that, that little film, Black Swan, you know, with Natalie Portman. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was intense and I loved every second of it. You know, it was surreal doing that movie with Johnny and Paul. Yeah, absolutely. And and Jonathan, I talked to him about um, – well, we talked about the remake aspect because at the time, uh, I just – I don't know. I just didn't think of the idea of, of the another entry thing. So at the at the time, we were talking remakes and I said, you know, would you have any part in that? And what he said was <laughs> the answer is no. And he said it's kind of like dating an old girlfriend or something like that. So I, I suggested this and I think you would like this. Remember how at the end of part one, there's a theme song for you called – Called, uh, you're the one I've been waiting for, or something like that. Angel, you're the love of my life. Yeah, I love Frankie Vincy. Right. Now, shouldn't Jonathan, since he is a singer, shouldn't he make a new song for the remake? <gasps> bum, bum, bum. I think so. See? I mean, I think Jonathan should always be a part of it, and I don't know what his. You know, it's funny because Jonathan always goes back, he regresses into that. He was that brooding, and I say this on the Blu-ray, <laughs> he was that kind of brooding, quiet, bad boy, like, you know, always kind of, uh, I don't know, had a problem. Right. Um, he was mad at the world. And then he turned into, many years later, a really happy, positive, you know, outgoing person. But then when we talk about Sleepaway Camp, he sort of goes back to that old <laughs> brooding person. So I don't know what that's about other than, you know... He has strange feelings about the experience, which I'm sure he does. We all do. I mean, it's a major part of our history of who we are. You know, it's like that's all I've spoken about for 32 years, pretty much. And it stays with you and will continue to stay with you. It will always be with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I say if there is a remake, maybe my daughter Bianca could play Angela. You know, she yeah. kind of looks like, you know, me at that age. So. It's just, it's so amazing. Well, actually, it's, your son should play him, right? What's that? <laughs> your son should play him at that end scene. <laughs> hey. hey. He's way, he's four and he's way bigger than Angela. <laughs> 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 way 
way bigger. And I had, it's like he whips that thing out every chance he gets. So cracks me up. Oh, I'm so glad you get my sick sense of humor. Okay, good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm just as sick. Yeah, it's it's so amazing that you know, like we like we said, you, like you really touched me. And at the end of that documentary, like I, <laughs> I I'm not gonna say I was welling up. I'm because I because you know everyone's listening to this, but let's just say I might have been. <laughs> At one time in a little bubble, we filmed this little horror movie together and it was like one of the best moments of my life. I mean, I... They gave me a life. I know it's like this little cheesy horror movie, but it was like, you know, it was my little dream that came true and it afforded me a lot of things in life. Uh, like it's amazing that that like you're so enthusiastic after all these years and and I think I think the, is it, the thing that did it for you is is the love from the fans is that what really like re retranslates what you think of it and what it's done for you and and the whole world is created is it is it because of the love of the people who who love it I mean uh, yeah I I would definitely say it you know I it's been I'm so thankful. I mean, I, I feel very fortunate that it's been 32 years of talking about Sleep Boy Camp. Um, and I think there's been so much support and kindness and love in every capacity. I mean, you know, we make fun of it. We love it. It's endearing. It's it's cheesy. It's all of those great things. Um, and... And I don't mind. I love the sleep boy camp stuff. I never, it never gets old. People are always like, is it, you know, does it get old? Does it? No, it never does. No? <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's good. I love that you're so enthusiastic about oh, it. Oh, it's, it, you know. Because we are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both so much. And I'm grateful that you guys, you know, want to talk to me and are so supportive. So I appreciate that. For me, obviously, personally, being, um, having played Angela, yeah, it just, I mean, I, I'll say it again, like I said on the Blu-ray, it did, I felt like I met my husband because of it, and it, um, I have great friends because of it. You know, when I go to the conventions, I meet the most wonderful people. I fe- definitely feel their their amazing love and support. You know, we. I felt awkward at 12, 13 when I was doing it. I was, you know strange in my own body and I think we all go back to that moment of being young I mean I get I'm analyzing it like it's like like you're writing that book (laughs) yeah like I'm writing that book examining really sleep boy camp has obviously done something if we're still talking about it after all this time the homoerotic undertone um a lot of people have come out to me um people have talked about their um changing genders really Oh, yeah. Even back in the day when we didn't have the internet, I remember receiving handwritten letters from a couple of transgendered people. Um, that's amazing. And I mean, that's pretty tremendous for a small, low-budget little slasher movie, you know? I, it, it, it grew into something other than that. It's about the human condition and people just, I think, wanting to feel loved and come together and And Johnny said it on the Blu-ray. It wasn't, it's about bullying. It's about a topic that's serious. Young people feeling like they are being picked on. Yeah, it's weird. Your movie 
is is kind of the same parallel to Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two for gay people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, when I think of Nightmare on Elm Street one, two, three, you know, it's like to me they're all, you know, big movies. So I never like to compare. Yeah, you know what? That bothers me. Like, I wonder if people hold. You know, well, I I know they don't. I mean, sadly enough, we have to admit that people don't hold Sleep Away at the same level they hold Friday Nightmare, Texas Chainsaw, or um, no. the other one. Mm-mm. But the see the thing is the Halloween. Halloween, for yeah. years sleep the Sleepaway Camp series has been one of my favorites and I cannot start a summer without watching them and, and that's how oh, I start the I summer and this year I was so fortunate to be able to watch the Blu-ray to start off my summer which was really exciting yeah but I came into this like way before there was the internet way before you know all, when I was just a little horror fan all by myself because I didn't oh. know any others you know before the internet it was just you know if you happen to know horror fans you were lucky. And growing up as a kid, you know, I was reading Fangoria and just digging horror on my own. And so I came into it on my own. I think a lot of people did and a lot of people do appreciate it a great deal. It doesn't get the press that the bigger ones do, but I think the love is still there. Because I'll tell you, I remember the first time I watched Sleepaway Camp, and it blew me away. That ending with, and then the way the music hit and the the sound and the the visuals, everything, I just... I was just like, oh, like my jaw hit the floor because I was not expecting that. And so I think it, it definitely resonates within horror fans. It just doesn't get the talk. No. And I remember sitting there and watching the opening and seeing when I said Sleepaway Camp. I still remember laying on the floor <laughs> watching that. Like, it's it's so weird. And that's not even why I'm supposed to remember the movie. <laughs> but I remember just seeing it and thinking like, Okay, yeah, there's like Friday the 13th type of thing. Yeah, I, I can yeah, think. Or the burning, it reminded me, you know, it's very similar. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See, and I remember when the survival kit came out and I found that at Best Buy, I was so excited. And none of my friends knew any knew any idea why I was so excited. They didn't get it. Aww. But I came home and I watched I watched the commentary and I was just like so into it. <laughs> Aww. I remember doing that, yeah. Yeah, and th- it's weird. I was in Best Buy, and I never heard of Sleepaway Camp in my life. And I was—it was probably the year two thousand or something. And but you know, it's hard to believe I hear about it. But so I'm just walking up and down the aisle, and I just see this big white box with a red cross on it. And I'm like, "What is this?" And it says Sleepaway Camp Survival Kit. And I'm like, "Well, they made a bunch of them. It can't be that bad, right?" Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, Alex. <laughs> Can you imagine that was the reason that like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, right? It's as good as any, right? Whatever works. Yeah, whatever works. <laughs> What's the difference? Yeah. So, yeah, I brought it home and I was like, wow. And it's funny. I didn't I didn't like um, two or three that much when I first watched it. And I just kind of dismissed them. And I just thought of part one. And then <clears throat> a guy, this friend of mine, Adam Dyson, he, he wrote on that message boards that you, that you found somehow, uh, the Crystal Lake After Dark thing, he wrote, Part two is one of the the greatest horror movies ever, and his favorite one out of the whole. Yeah, and I was like, really, dude? Like, I didn't even give that thing a second thought. Like, are you serious? And then I watched it again, and it clicked. I understood what was amazing about it, and it was it's like an amazing experience to have something you dismiss, and somebody just says something. You're like, hmm, yeah. What am I missing? You know? That's funny. You know, my husband did that with part one. He and his friend were like 11 and they, they saw the uh, the sneaker 
in like Kmart and they bought it and they watched it up until the baseball game and they were like, this is so dumb. And they <laughs> shut it off. And then somehow they tossed it literally like my husband tossed somewhere and he saw it like a month later and he's like, let me just give this thing one more shot. Wow. <laughs> and he watched the whole thing and flipped at the ending and like immediately called his friend who's still like his best friend today. It was like, dude, you got to watch that Sleepaway Camp movie again. You won't believe it. And <laughs> they like watched it constantly and. My husband was like, I'm going to marry that girl, Felicia Rose. You thought he said your name wrong? <laughs> he called me Felicia Rose. You marry Felicia. Destiny, jackass. Then you saw that and the whole I, thing. I saw him on jackass. I saw him. He wore the Angela face at the end of the movie. He took a snapshot of the, la- you know, of the scene. Yeah. And he put it on his shirt. And I was watching jackass. Who is this guy? Who the hell is this idiot? <laughs> a blonde, he was wearing a blonde wig playing heavy metal. It was like waking Phil Margera up. And he's, but he says that was like his mating call. He wanted me to see that and, yeah. and find out. Yeah. Well, it was you'd like be late... watching Jackass. You know, well, how could you predict that? <laughs> really weird. And that was like in, you know, that was probably in 99, maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't meet him until 2003. Wow. wow. What a love story. No. It's all meant to be. I guess, okay, well, to, to wrap it up, I mean, thank you so much for all the time you've given oh, us. Are you kidding? Thank you guys so much. I mean, we could go for another hour, but I know you're, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess the last question um, and uh, that was sent in by Cody Robinson. He's like an, uh, the, uh, the other biggest oh, yeah, fan. yeah, I know that name. Yeah? yeah. Cool. Yeah. He just peed. Yeah, right? He's like, oh my God, she has me in her memory. I do. It's a cute name. Yeah. And um, so he, he, he was asking if you think the popularity of the, of the Blu-ray will spawn another sequel. And basically, the really good question he asked is, if it did, uh, did you ever, like, uh, I know it's hard to put thought into something that's not even, you know, on the table yet, but what kind of character progression would you like to see for Angela? <gasps> Cody. Oh, wow. What a wonderful question. Um, yeah, I would love to see Angela kill more people. No, <laughs> um, I, would, <laughs> I any as far as Angela is concerned, I mean, I just want her to get more revenge as much as she can get. Um, <laughs> and then somehow along the line, whether it's, you know, installment or remake, I want to see what happens to Angela. I mean, I really want to see where she goes from, whether it's the reveal or years later, like what her life is today. Right. Awesome. Right. Yeah, That's me too. To and I just want to hang out with you. So. <laughs> yeah. I know, you're so fun. I can't wait when I get to the East Coast. Yeah, I'm definitely going to uh, please, uh, you know, please remind me or something or post on your Facebook. Uh, well, you know, I can write it down. When are you going to New York? Do you know exactly? Okay, yeah, I'll be um, at. Scaricon in Verona, New York. Oh my God, they're going to kill me. Um, you know what? Everything's on FelissaRose.com. How about that? Okay. Is that good? Yep. I have this amazing um, webmaster. His name is Andrew. He's incredible. He's out of the UK and he puts together like the most updated. I mean, seriously, like I could just film something. I, I filmed a promo for a new site called ghoultool.com, which is like a horror portal. You could go there for everything. You could 
you know, your work is showcased there by aspiring artists and filmmakers. And um, I have nothing to do with the site other than a friend of mine is putting it together. And I think it's a cool idea. But I shot like a promo for it. And it's already on my website. I did it like yesterday. I'm like, dude, like you work, you could do things before I even do them. Wow. So yeah, FelissaRose.com. I'm, I'm in Scarecon, like maybe September 10th through the 12th. I'm in Calgary, in Canada, August 2nd through 4th. I'm at Phantom Fest, October 3rd. I'm in Alabama, like sometime in October, October 10th. Wow. And that's in between like filming because I'll be shooting like Reservoir and The Undead. And um, there are two other projects that I'm negotiating right now, which is all August through November. Wow. You know, no one deserves this more than you. Like you are so, you're so like, uh, I can't even like express the, the, the thankfulness that we have that you come on and you, you, you do interviews all the time and you're so nice and you're so appreciative and, and you actually care that we love you and stuff like that. Cause there's so many people oh who gosh. are, who just don't care, you know? <laughs> and it's like, uh, it's amazing. I don't get that at all, but I really do love you guys. I, I had, I don't understand at all. Like the, I, I don't know if it's ever nasty, but like the disregard for like how grateful I am for your time. Forget about my time. Like I'm lucky that you guys even want to talk to me and thank you for helping promote things that I, I'm passionate about and I love. I want to do the same thing for you. Like I want to hear about you and how you're doing and what's going on. Thanks. So so now the next hour we're going to hear from you. <laughs> so we started the show in uh, April 2012. <laughs> and how come you, why did you start the show, Alex? Like, And Jamie, were you with him the whole step, the whole way? No, I wasn't. I just came on January 2013. Anyway, yeah, he's he's got it. <laughs> it was January 2013. Year and a half. Uh, well, it's weird. We started for bad reasons, oddly enough. Um, I was on another show, and uh, I I quit it because the guy was just obnoxious. And then the other mm-hmm. guy who was with me stayed with him, and I left, and I didn't do anything for like nine months. And then the other guy, Mike, realized how obnoxious the guy was, also. And he left, <laughs> and he was so mad at that person that he said, "Dude, we should start our own show and screw this guy, and we'll get back on Harbid and blah blah blah." And I was like, "Really? I don't think they'll take us back. It's not a whole show like it was when we were on it." And he goes, "No, dude, I'll talk to the guy." And then he got us back on a big major website with a lot of listeners, like you know, instantly without even trying, sort of. And I was like, "Okay." And I was like, "Well, who's gonna host the show?" He was the host. He goes, "Dude, you do it, and I'll help you." And blah blah. <gasps> Yeah, and it started like that, and we we did a Friday Thirteenth retrospective. We reviewed one movie for each twelve days leading to Friday Thirteenth, two thousand twelve of April, and uh, from there, uh, that that was like our twelfth show, and you were like number twenty, I think, and and you are the one who catapulted us to like a, a huge audience. And I, I can't believe that. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's. Uh, I know you're probably joking when you asked that, but no, I, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. honestly, I wasn't because, you know, also being an actor, it's really interesting for me. I love people love like I would love to sit down with you for real and have beers and like, yeah. you know, definitely. I am interested. Seriously. And I, I love, love it. We seem to have crushes on all the same people, which excites me. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so thanks again. Uh, I, you Aww. know, we're 
we're wrapping up the show eventually at the end of the year, but we're going to keep on with specials and stuff like that, just not as frequent as we as we do now because it's just, you know, like a lot of work and a lot of time and stuff like that. But we're going to do specials probably once a month just to keep the show going, you know, forever sort of. And, uh, you know, hey, we – Two of the greatest experiences was the first time I interviewed you and this one. And if you Aww. ever want to come back and promote anything, just you know where I am and uh, you know where we are. And I, I missed the first time, so I was so glad to be able to be here for this one. It really has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's It's been my pleasure. I appreciate that. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. And Thank uh, you, guys. <laughs> Have a great night. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cry now. Uh, it's sad saying goodbye, but but I I do appreciate it. And and before we even hang up, it will be on my website. So it's all- <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. You too. Thank you. Bye. 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 When I look into your eyes It comes as no surprise You're sleeping away Angel, you're the love of my life It's so cold at night I'm begging you to stay I know it's all a masquerade
think are the best kills from each movie part one obviously uh it's either the the boiling water that is so good the effects are so good in that scene oh, uh with his face that is crazy yeah uh, i do love that um although i don't see how that would kill him oh it doesn't kill him actually you know i mean yeah he, he's still alive when he leaves but and and we presume that he is after that so i don't know if that counts i always thought the the b kill was was had some really nice gory effects too although it's not totally realistic you know because i've never seen bees who actually eat chunks out of you but um but it looks nice and gory yeah he looks like bees were eating him for a month right yeah (laughs) this didn't just happen it's like are these are some crazy carnivorous bees seconds yeah (laughs) and it would have been better if more bees were coming out of the hive i think one was coming out of it when they actually put it in the screen also i'm always wondered why he didn't just crawl under the door i know you know, I mean, he spends a lot of time trying to break the door open. Just crawl under, dude. There's plenty of space. Yeah. I remember Mike said he couldn't because he was in the middle of shitting. And I said, hey, dude, pucker your asshole up. Kiss that shit goodbye. Yeah, well, we know we know from from slashers through history that it is possible to dive off the toilet without wiping because they do it in every one. Exactly. <laughs> ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. <laughs> So, uh, my favorite kill, maybe, it's either Mel, the arrow through the neck, Judy with the curling iron up her vagina. Meg, oh, Meg. Not you, Meg. I let him go. I let him go. He's not going to do it again. He's not going to do it. What the fuck is wrong with you? He has such rubbery... You know, his face is so rubbery and his arms flop all over. That is a weird-looking guy. Yeah, sadly enough, he died within months of shooting that. He had cancer and was dying during the filming of that movie, and I don't... I think he got to theaters by the time he died, but he he never knew the success or anything about it. Uh, Poor Mel. I I always thought he was Mr. Furley or Mr. Roper. I couldn't tell the difference. I remember I I wondered that back two years ago. So, part two, uh, the best kills in that, the grilling the sisters. I really like that one, and I love the picture of you in that scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have all three of those shirts. Uh, I think I mentioned on some show where to get them. I have no idea right now. But they sell Sleepaway Camp shirts of part one, two, and three. You can get them all, and uh, it's a really great company. I actually had an issue with my shirts, and they sent me brand new ones for nothing. You know, do you know what else I found? Okay, the day that when I discovered when our anniversary was um, was because I happened to be on my friends list that day, and it was actually by accident. I clicked the wrong thing and ended up on my friends list. Well, you're at the top of my friends list because it's alphabetical, and um, and I saw that it said friends since um, July 2012, and I was like, oh, so I clicked on it to see. To, to see our friendship, to see exactly what the exact date was in case it was coming up. And I saw where you posted to me, shortly after we met, you posted a picture of one of the Sleepaway Camp t-shirts and you said, you got to get this, Jamers. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, oh, and then you ended up, you have them all. Yeah, look at that. I got them instead. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It sounds like I'm totally obsessed. <laughs> Are you a fan of mine? <laughs> just kidding. I am. I'm your biggest fan. Oh, please. You just clicked a button. <laughs> <laughs> You're just curious. Can 
belittle my fandom. Yeah, no, I'm a fan of yours. That's why I I, tra- I hunted you down. I was like, hi, I really like you on your show. Um, can we be friends? And then I was like, can you come on for the news so we can sound good? Aww. It got better than that. The other great kills in part two. Oh, when when he says, you should have seen my look on my daddy's face when they let you out. And she, she goes, wait till he sees what happened to you. And she cuts his head off. <laughs> She's a bitch. That's all right. I mean, that's right. But I, I love her. I love her attitude. I think it adds so much to the movies, you know. Now, do you think Fliss Rose later on talks about how she had the script, she read the lines and everything. She just didn't connect with it. Now, Pamela Springsteen was 27 or something like that when she made this. Yeah, because that well, that was in the third one, wasn't it? When she was supposed to be a teenager because she was actually a camper. Seventeen, and she's than, really twenty-seven. Yeah. yeah, she's yeah, and she had a hard life. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think Felissa or Pamela Springsteen could have connected with that role. I think you have to be older and have a different kind of attitude and approach and a thought of life and a jadedness that can only come in a- with age. No, I think that's a good point. I think it it requires some some life hatred. <laughs> you have to be able to to yeah put the right amount of sarcasm and evilness in that and uh yeah a, a truly young actress I, I think there are some who could pull it off but it's rare you know to be able to act beyond your years like that like chloe mortez <laughs> uh. <laughs> i don't even know if she could do it uh, so, and so the third one, I love the third one because the kills are so creative. My favorite ones are when the guy Bobby is tied up on the tree and then she ties his arms up and drives away with him. Um, and the best kill, and it had to be because of the camera angle, it's when she pulls the bitch up the flagpole and then you see from her point of view looking straight down, even though she can't see. And that adds to it that she can't even see. Like that shot too. Yeah. So, you know, so how would you rank Sleepaway? I guess uh, the oh, let's talk about the fourth one really quick. So you were so excited. You heard that that was in production for years. Supposedly it was filmed in like 2002 or three. Right. And it came out in 2000, what, like seven or eight. That's Return, right? Or that. Yeah, I'm not talking about the made up movie. <laughs> I hate that that even gets confused. I hate hate that i remember cody was on the show i can't ever remember which one came out first and and i've only seen each of them once <laughs> now you've only seen it once but since you're such a big fan of me did you hear our part four review yeah <laughs> just kidding no i did i well you know i heard all the shows right wow cool not two and three times like some people uh, but, you know i'm not that obsessed uh Hey, listen, I, w- I was just double-checking them. Oh, you mean other people. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I love myself. <laughs> no, uh, part four, you know, or should I say return to sleepaway camp? Uh, I think the major, let's just make believe that I can get over how annoying the lead character was and all that type of stuff. And I could get over the poor wardrobe and the poor direction and the poor writing, like the dialogue. And stuff like that. Let's just and the poor casting. Let's just make like I can get over. I think the the biggest disappointment to me is Angela Baker's character. Let's just say you're a fan. 
somehow you got into the, the position that you were going to to write and direct Sleep Return of Sleepway, and you actually got Jonathan and Felissa back. Would you use her character in that capacity? No. What were they thinking? Yeah. I don't. I'm, I, I'm, he was probably thinking, "How can I best waste this opportunity?" <laughs> Because don't you think that's exactly what it was? Uh, yes, it was a missed, wasted, complete 